to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Austin, and we do have a new episode this week. I had the opportunity to sit down with my good friend, Chris Blau. He's one half of 1911 Syndicate. Uh, if you guys don't know who they are, uh, check them out on YouTube. They are actually a real estate company that uh, drives their business model and their marketing through uh, gun and gear reviews. Uh, they do. They, I mean, they review suppressors, uh, chest rigs, uh, optics, firearms, all kinds of good stuff like that. Uh, Chris and Jake do an, an excellent job with their content. Uh, super nice guys. Um, so definitely check them out. But I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Chris. Uh, it's April, and uh, if if this is a big if, the promises that were made with the new e forms that were rolled out by the ATF. Um, if that 90 day promise is true, then by the end of this month, my suppressor will be out of quote unquote suppressor jail and I will be able to bring it home and shower it with love and affection and shoot lots of rounds through it. <clears throat> um, why, why that matters, um, is because Chris actually had the opportunity, uh, in the very recent past year to start working with CGS, um, so CGS is a newer <clears throat> suppressor company, um, doing a lot of a lot of interesting things uh, with the development of their products, the the quality control, the design. There's just they're they're taking a very outside the box approach um, and a very well thought out approach to how they 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 look at suppressors. Um, and I I think that they'll end up kind of revolutionizing the market and uh, upping the ante, so to speak, on what we we look at as what is the the new standard. If if not in the immediate future, definitely within the next couple of years. Here, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of companies trending in the direction of what CGS is doing. Uh, so very excited for Chris that he has the opportunity to work with them, and uh, very excited myself to have the opportunity to to pick Chris's brain. Um, we talk a lot about suppressors. Uh, you know why why direct thread makes more sense than than quick detach. Um, I'm very much on team QD. Chris is very much on on team direct thread, so it's a nice conversation there. Um, even talking about you know a flash hider versus a muzzle brake. Um, a lot of people use both for different reasons uh, on on their rifles, but then you add a couple different components and uh, rationale and pieces of nuance into the discussion when you're talking about how they interact with a suppressor, the pros and the cons. Is one really better than the other? Maybe, maybe not. We get into all that good stuff. It's a, it's a really awesome discussion. Uh, I think you guys are all really, really going to dig it. Before I get over to my my discussion with Chris, got to say thank you to our sponsorship partners here at The Prepared Mindset. Uh, they they make this possible. Their support is a 1,000% appreciated. Um, first up, EclipseHolsters.com. Jess and her team do an outstanding job. I can't say that enough. Uh, very happy with the holsters that we have here. Everybody on the team carries with one. Uh, if you guys are looking for a new holster, if maybe what you have right now is just getting worn out or it's really just not, it's just, it, there's something about it you just don't like, I can't encourage you enough to go check out EclipseHolsters.com. They gave us a discount code to pass on to you, Prepared Mindset. It's going to save you 20% off your order. I carry appendix in the waistband daily with their serious light bearing holster carry my 43x with the tlr6 light on it love that holster no problems with it great great retention i use one of their um, mag carriers inside the waistband that is my go-to setup for concealed carry they do inside the waistband outside the waistband everything you guys could need and and more eclipse has it 
Um, you spend over a hundred dollars, they're going to hook you guys up with some free FedEx two day shipping, which is badass. On top of that, they guarantee whatever you order, it is in the mail on its way to you in three business days or less, which is kind of unheard of in this industry with a few exceptions. So go check out Eclipse Holsters. Again, our code prepared mindset will save you 20% off your order. Check it out. Also, mymedic.com. Guys, you got to have a med kit. You have to. Um, I was talking about this the other day with a friend. Uh, if I had to pick just a couple items to take with me outside the house on a daily basis, a med kit's got to be part of it. Um, you you carry a gun, right? That's always everyone's first thing when I leave the house with. My gun, you also need to have a med kit. If you have the ability to make holes, you got to be able to plug those holes. All right, so head over to mymedic.com. They gave us a discount code, Mindset20. It's going to save 20% off your order. All your purchases now, you can build reward points for more cool gear through MyMedic. They make outstanding kits. Um, they all come with, with great educational content so that you, not only do you have the tools to be you know, a resource now, you have the education that you can apply those resources um, in those tragic situations where you might need a tourniquet, you might need a chest seal, um, you know, quick clot, any of that stuff. Uh, MyMedic is a affiliate partner here with the Prepared Mindset. You can use our affiliate link either through our link tree page. You can find that on Instagram, our offers page on Facebook. You can get to our affiliate link there. Any purchase you make with our affiliate link, a piece of whatever you spend comes back to help support the podcast. You can still use Mindset 20. You can still save 20% off your order. But if you use that affiliate link, you come back and you support us as well. MyMedic.com. And then lastly, dryfiremag.com. Guys, ammo's not getting any cheaper, not getting any easier to find. Don't know what else I can say. Pick up a dry fire mag. They're going to have their smart dry fire mag coming out soon. So you turn your home your home practice session into uh, practice with a cert gun. Comes with the laser cartridge and the magazine. Uh, no discount code, but they are an affiliate partner here. So again, if you're looking to get into a dry fire mag to step up your home practice, or once they do roll out the smart dry fire mag, Go ahead, use that affiliate link, and a small piece of whatever you spend there comes back to support us here at The Prepared Mindset. That's it, guys. Uh, without any further ado, I know you're all anxiously waiting for my discussion with Chris Blau from CGS Suppressors. So here we go. Enjoy. All right. Hey, brother. How's it going? Good. How are you, Austin, man? It's been a minute. It's been, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. But I think once I was thinking about it earlier today, and I'm like, it's been like five months, I think four or five months since I had you on. I mean, it was close to, it was close to Thanksgiving, I think, when I had I say, you on. Yeah, it's got to be around November is, I think, my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's accurate. And in, and in that time, right now, you got like a new job, you're doing all kinds yeah. of exciting and, and, you know, different things, right? You're working with, uh, with CGS now. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I guess I needed a fifth job cause I technically have four. Um, yeah. Why not? Right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> why not? They, uh, are we just going to jump right into it? Yeah, no, I mean, Hey, uh, nope. let's start, let's start there. Just like what, um, how, how'd you end up working? How'd you hook up with these guys? You know? Yeah. So for, <clears throat> I guess, brief background, you know, I do YouTube gun and gear reviews on 1911 syndicate. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's actually a way for us to drive business to the real estate side of the house. Our real estate company is the same name. Um, I'm down in Arizona, Jake is up in Utah, and then we have affiliates located around military bases all over the country. 
So the idea is we do real estate for law enforcement, military, first responders, and the shooting community as a whole. So, you know, you got a guy changing duty stations across the country. We have affiliates, or if it's in Utah and Arizona, Jake and I handle it um, on both ends, which is kind of cool. Doing that, I got in touch with CGS to review a couple of their products. Um, Jake, I guess, was the first guy to get in touch with them for they have a uh, one of their cans, the Helios in Inconel, which is the material it's made out of. Uh, it's different type of metal. Um, we reviewed that on a 249 saw um, last March, so about a year and change ago. Okay. Yeah, probably January, February, March of last year um it might have been two years now i don't know time is so skewed especially with with covid my oh yeah you know, everything concept. is it's totally jacked up you're like oh yeah you know like last year and it was <clears throat> you know two and a half years ago yeah yeah so anyways we struck up a, a relationship with cgs and uh you know i i really like their products i told the owner bobby Hey man, I want some more of your cans to review. Um, I think that you guys make a great product. And with all the cans that they have in their lineup, you know, it's a decent amount of content for Jake and I to push out. Sure. Um, yeah. So he sent me a bunch of cans, five actually. And um, I've been running them for, you know, before I came on to CGS for probably a year and change, right around a year, um, both QD versions and um, direct thread, which we'll get into. Yep. Um, and just loved them. And I've tried to go out there to see them and say what's up and tell them thank you for supporting us. And it like timelines never worked out. And they called me. Do you think it do you think it has something to do with the five jobs? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh they called me like a month and a half ago, two months ago, and they're in Tucson, Arizona, which is about two hours south of me. Okay. And uh they're like, Hey, we're in town doing like a product catalog photo shoot. Um, you know, come down and see us if you have time. And so I cleared my schedule and, you know, right before I headed down there, they're like, Hey, bring a bunch of your guns and your kit, jump in the photo shoot. And oh, like, that's awesome. I mean, I, I do content and stuff, but I was like, guys, I like Bobby, I don't need to be in your product catalog, man. Like, you know, and he's like, shut the hell up, bring all your stuff and let's go. And so I did. And, uh, just hit it off. And they were talking about some of the struggles they're having with not struggles. Maybe that's the wrong word, but they were talking about how they wanted to expand dealer sales, um, some social media stuff, some customer service stuff. And uh, it's just growing pains. Yeah. More than the struggle, more, less a struggle, more just growing pains. It sounds like. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think not in a bad way, but people might have this idea that CGS is a lot bigger than they are. Um, it's family owned and operated, man. Like Bobby, the owner and his wife are in there filling orders and like busting their asses day in and day out. And, uh, anyways, they're talking to me about some of their struggles and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to come work for you then. And they were like, what? <laughs> oh, and nice. like, Everything that you said you're struggling with, I can help with. I love your products. I love you guys. I believe in what you guys believe in and the why behind your suppressors. Uh, I'm going to work for you. And they're like, uh, can we drive up and take you and your wife to dinner tomorrow night? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like to eat. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, while they're up here, I got them in touch with some dealers in the area. And so we go to dinner. And again, I was like, all right, so I'm going to come on and work for you guys. I can bring this to the table. Um, I'm good at this. I am not good at this. Um, I know where I will need help with stuff. And I know stuff where I'll just take over and go from there. And so, uh, 
they're like, you know, we're, we want to bring you on. And I was like, cool next week, uh, Tuesday, I'll, I'll be at your shop. And they're like, all right. And so, wow. uh, that fast, yeah, huh? just like, uh, you know, it, it seems super simple and, and the long and the short of it is, man, I have worked behind shitty gun counter jobs for 10 years to get to this yeah. point. No, I've, I've always held a job at a gun counter somewhere for someone. Um, and like just a, a decade of like gun stores are interesting. You know, the, the people are interesting. The workers are interesting and I yeah. love it. I hate <clears throat> it at the same time. And so like, I feel like I paid my dues and this is like a dream job and something I've worked a really long time to. And, uh, dude, I'll flat out tell you, I cried when, when they said, let's go. Like I was, I was like emotional. Cause it's, it's a dream job for me and I, I hope I can do it right by them. But, uh, just fortunate to be here but i also like worked my ass off to get here so kind of cool no i mean that, that's a that's a killer opportunity you know yeah. um yeah I, I think a lot of people talk about wanting you know oh it'd be so great to get a job in the industry and and it, and it would be right but yeah. i think <clears throat> there's just not you know the understanding of yeah you get you get into the industry and it's like sweet then what you know i think a lot of dudes don't understand that you, you know 90% of jobs in the gun industry or firearms industry have nothing to do with guns. Yeah. <laughs> like I can imagine it's a lot of like transportation and logistics and accounting and, you know, and yeah. marketing and stuff. And it's like, there's 10% of people that actually get to do like quote the cool stuff, but you know, it, it's awesome. It's a great, yeah. it sounds like, you know, a great opportunity for you. And, and uh, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that by the discussion we're about to have here, you're, you're learning quite a bit as well. Uh, oh, dude. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Cause I hate that. My boss says that every day. Oh, really? uh, and my, yeah, I hate that. It's like drinking from a fire hose. I'm like, you know, I love you, Leanne, but I hate that. I don't know why. What's well, a better expression. I guess, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have no of, idea. The elephant one bite at a time. I'm kind of forced to eat it all at one all at bite. Once, yeah. Know? Yeah, there you go. I'm sure it is overwhelming. I mean, just breaking into a new space in the industry, having to learn yeah. it's just so much. There's there's science behind it and physics and you, you, so many factors. I think a lot of us as shooters just are like, the can makes quiet. Yay. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so so I guess I, where do you want to start with this? Because I know we talked about a lot of different, uh, yeah, different, different points. And I guess the big, the biggest point of this for me is just, uh, how you're going to break my heart by explaining that uh, QD is in fact, uh, not as good as uh, direct thread for a suppressor and, uh, your, your overall performance and things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess first is, uh, you know, much like our last podcast we did, we'll, we'll jump all over, which I'm, I'm going to be honest. I love, uh, the greatest thing about this and like podcasts and especially you and your personality and uh, it's something that Jake and I do on the channel is like, dude, it's just two buddies having a conversation about guns, you know, and Absolutely. Um, everything encompassing that. But suppressors specifically, like, you know, when I got into suppressors, this has been five or six years now. My first suppressor uh, my dad bought for me, which is kind of cool. It was a legacy Surefire FA556. So it was the precursor to the SOCOMs. Okay. Um, and, you know, I thought. And I think most gun guys think that like, it's just meant to make the gun quiet. So if dudes overseas are more quiet, they're more effective. 
And it, it gets a little deeper than that. And I learned yeah. this through YouTube stuff and researching suppressors and talking to suppressor companies. Number four on the list is sound suppression. Uh, when like units are looking for a suppressor um, and this can change, this isn't like a hard and fast rule, but generally they want first round ignition reduction. So you have a suppressor, ambient mm -hmm. air is sitting in the suppressor. And your first round is usually going to be a little bit louder and a little bit brighter flash wise because it's igniting that ambient air. Right. Um, and if anyone is listening to this and they're like, Chris didn't get that hundred percent correct. Listen, I'm an idiot. I'm breaking this down to terms that my <laughs> disclosure. <brain>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, this information is accurate, but I may be saying it in a way that is not as scientific. So just go with me, all you science guys. Um, the second thing they want to reduce is the second round flash and ignition and pop. Third thing is repeatable point of aim, point of impact shift. So, you know, gun off or suppressor off a gun. When you throw a suppressor on, right. it's going to change the way that that gun not only works, but also that round starts to travel downrange, right? Um, not only from the weight of the suppressor on the end of the barrel, that'll mess with it. Um, the threads inside the suppressor and how well they meet up with either the QD system or the barrel, if you're direct threading, that can throw off the round. Um, and then just the way that, you know, sound, pressure, gases all flow through the suppressor will change the way your point of aim, point of impact is when the suppressors are on and off. Um, some suppressors will dramatically shift that, like we're talking inches. Um, traditionally, the shift is down towards the six o'clock. Okay. That can change and I've seen it change, but traditionally the shift is down. Um, so fourth on the list of things people want is sound suppression. So you're talking for an end user who's in the military. There's three other concerns before sound suppression. That is. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't have, I mean, it, it all makes sense now that you say it, Yeah, <clears throat> but I never, I, I would not have like that the second round. I would yep. not, I would have like, oh, yeah, that's like kind of like the first round is basically the same thing. I would, yeah. have, I would have thought the suppression would have been maybe like two with two on the list. Definitely not four. Yeah. Number four on the list. And I, I've been told this not only from the boys at CGS, but um, we've talked about this on the channel with the guys at Dead Air. Um, I've talked about this. Oh, I have my, my Sandman is on is hopefully if if the government's not lying to me and I hit my 90 days, that'll be like the 28th of this month. So hopefully i'll be getting my can at the end of this month and i actually right. just had um i got my uh chemo flash hider delivered today in the mail like i got the notification can't find those damn things in stock and i don't i'm not a big fan of brakes so i want to have something i can run with or without the can you know okay. so i got a flash hider i do have one of the brakes as well for five five six but got that today i'm like oh man it's getting close i can't oh, wait hell yeah so i'm excited. stoked for you I yeah. am so excited. And I have a neighbor that has um, one of those machines that does like the laser um, like imaging. So he's yeah. like, yeah, if you have magazines or anything, you want me to put anything on, it'll do all that stuff. I'm like, so I don't even have to take this to I, wherever to get the serial number put on it or anything. I can just go across the street and, and give you a case of beer. Like that'd be sweet. That's perfect, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll That's be pretty, cool. that'd be pretty legit. I'm, I'm very excited. You got a Sandman standard KS? What'd you get? Standard. Yep. Cool. Hell yeah. Uh, what gun are you throwing that on? Um, it'll predominantly be living on my 11 and a half inch uh, AR. Cool. 
Um, I just upgraded to the Geisley um, braided uh, buffer spring and an H2 buffer. And cool. honestly, it's it's really nice. Just that, just that upgrade alone. Like <clears throat> you don't get that weird, like twangy sound, you know, when yep. you're racking the charging handle and it just feels like it just locks up a little bit nicer, you know, like a little bit smoother on recoil, a little bit tighter lockup. I haven't actually shot it yet with, with, oh, okay. the, with the buffer yet. It's just with ammo. And then I've been busy with work and stuff. Uh, I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll save the ammo and I'll go shoot it once I have the can. Cool. Which cool. <clears throat> I think once I get the can, I have to buy one of those. Um, what do you call it? One of like the bore rods. Yeah. Yep. Cause I'm yeah, it's a concentricity rod or like, yeah, bore rod. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely afraid of like, yeah, I'll put this can on and I'll be, you know, skipping my way down to the local gun range and then bam, first shot baffle strike. Life yeah, ruined. which uh, would be so heartbreaking. Dead air, would, you know, that that will probably not happen. But if it does, dead air will, you know, you send it back, they'll flip it around in a couple of days, send it back I'd to you. I'd still cry. I would cry. Right? <laughs> would, a grown man crying in the middle of a gun range. Dude, I'm ashamed to say it. Oh, man, I've heard of dudes doing that. Like recently, a buddy of mine got a can. Uh, from a company and he was waiting for like 11 months on the muzzle device like dude took forever right mm-hmm. five rounds into it bang 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 thwump and he's like oh, what no. was that pulls it off baffle strike dude right out the front end cap is that now was that because uh, did he do something wrong because like i did some research right in and uh-huh. because of how suppressors work and everything um, and for everybody listening too, because there's so many different ways now you can attach muzzle devices. You could just, if you got an A2, you can just tighten the damn thing down. If you really want, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it. Crush washer, which you shouldn't yep. use the suppressor jam nut, which is like my personal favorite. If you're not going to run a can, I was actually a little bit heartbroken when I found out that, um, you can't use one of those or you, you really shouldn't <clears throat> with a suppressor yeah. um, or a lot of muzzle devices come with shim kits, which yep. is kind of a pain because you have to like test fit it and like go back and forth and like size it up but um honestly it's like the cleanest look so yeah you know looking cool is important so i guess 90 percent of shooting is looking cool man i mean that's why i grow a beard and get tattoos so yeah i gotta catch up on the tattoo game i got like i got one (laughs) it was rookie numbers dude you gotta step that up i know i know i've been paying for stuff like the the other dog we had to get and you know podcast equipment and things Right. No. I mean, dude, that's why I've taken a break from getting tattooed because it's so expensive. But anyways, tangent. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? We're talking about. Um, uh... So with baffle strikes and would you yes. say that <clears throat> would you say that installation isn't is the leading cause behind those? Because I, I don't know people not those um, you said a concentricity rod or, or a bore rod. Yep. They're like 70 bucks or 100 bucks just for this basically straight length of of metal. That yeah. is more or less the only purpose this thing is going to serve is when you mount up your new muzzle device, throw the can on, drop that rod in there and make sure everything's, you know, hunky dory and then drop it back out. And that's, that's it. Yep. But it's kind of worth it for the, you know, I spent $1,200 on the Sandman, right. With, with stamp and, you know, everything all, all said and done. Uh, what's another hundred dollars to make sure that it, I don't fuck it up. Right. That, so <clears throat> Funny enough, you can buy those bore rods and someone that listens may say I'm an idiot for this. Dude, I've seen some really high-end gunsmiths use wooden dowels from like Michael's that are the same diameter for 97 cents, bro. I don't even know what the diameter is, though. I'd have to look into that. Yeah, which, you know, I guess I'd... 
I'm, I'm not, not I'm also, I'm, I'm not a high end gunsmith. I'm barely even like a basement armorer, you know, like I'm, yeah. I got like what minimal I'm getting at though is like, even if they're a high end gunsmith, the wooden, the rod is literally just to make sure basically at the end of the suppressor, uh, for people listening, I'm just showing the front of a suppressor, the dowel or the wooden rod or the bore rod is going to sit down against one of the corners of the suppressor. That's how you know it's off. If it's like perfectly centered in the middle mm-hmm. of the suppressor because it's through the barrel, then they know they're good. So they're literally just using a diameter to check the diameter is good. So like a wooden dowel, the I mean, I've seen it work. They'll like throw a wooden dowel in there and be like, oh, dude, it's perfect. I bought this from Michael's for 97 cents. It's good to go. Oh, my God. So now all this is a caveat, right? Chris is a is a freaking you know, basement gunsmith also. So it's, you know, take this for what it's worth. But um, the biggest thing that throws off concentricity like that, which concentricity is you have the center of the bore of your suppressor. It needs to be Mm -hmm. concentric or symmetrical to the diameter, internal diameter of the barrel to prevent baffle strikes. Right. Makes sense. That can be thrown off a couple different ways. Um, The ways I've been told it could be the muzzle device or like the threads inside the muzzle device onto the crown and the threads of the barrel are off. They're out of spec. Could be that the internal portion of the suppressor that connects to the muzzle device, or if you're direct threading, that could be off. Um, It could be that where the muzzle device sits inside the can in relation to that, Mm was not installed properly or is out of spec. So therefore inside the can, it's at an angle that then causes a baffle strike. So long and the short is most of the time, it seems to be, again, not all times, but quality control on something might be a little off that then throws it off the whole system, right? Okay. Um, I have had very good luck, knock on wood, right? That (laughs) guns I've done myself, like... uh, I don't have it in here, in here, but I got an, an AR that I threw a, a dead air muzzle device on just myself, you know, popped off the, it was a 16 inch barrel. So popped off the muzzle device it came with shim the brake on, which the shim thing and putting on muzzle devices, I look at it the same way as when I shoot with some guys and we have to pick up brass afterwards because of the range. It's like the price of being able to shoot throwing on a muzzle device is the price we have to pay to shoot suppress sometimes. Cause dude, it is a pain in the ass. And when you get those shims on, you thread it on and you take it off and you do it 10 times. And I'm, I'm kind of anal about it too. So, you know, you got that notch, you got to get like either perfectly on the top or perfectly on the bottom, depending on, you know, I think it's the bottom for sure fires with their collar. And then it's the Uh top, I believe with, uh, with dead air. Yep. Um, so that's that, that shit drives me insane. And I'll be that guy going back to it like a week and a half later you know, with the armor's wrench to like get that last like 64th of an inch or, or something. I mean, some ridiculously small rotation. Like, oh, this is a little bit off. It's bothering me. You know, like I, I, dude, same. I, I do it with my scopes and stuff too. I'm like, do I have this thing in here crooked? And I'll put it back in the vice and I'll get the leveling or the levels out and stuff. Like, no, no, this is, nope, it's good. Okay. And like, just, just me being weird, I guess, you know, stuff dude, bothers it's- the shit out of me. I'm, I'm right there with you. I was working with like a, a gunsmith that I actually like trust a lot on his opinion and his knowledge. And I put on a muzzle device and it was like to the naked eye, it looked like it was off by like 
you know, a minuscule amount, like a 32nd of an inch, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, it looks canted to the left. Like, is this going to throw off my round? Is this going to do this? And he very bluntly looked at me and was like, you're not a good enough shooter to where it's going to make a difference. So shut up. And I was like, Oh my God. Point. Like, and he's, yeah, all right. you know, we're, we're friends and, and we're giving each other a hard time. But for me, it's like the OCD thing, right? Like I want it perfectly symmetrical, but if it's off by a minuscule amount, it, you know, it's, it's probably a negligible difference, but it's, it's up here in my brain and I'll know that it's off and that's going to bother you. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have that rifle. Dang it. Um, but at the end of the day, we're probably splitting hairs with stuff like that. I figure if it's for the most part level, you're probably good. If it's thrown off left or right, it is what it is. And then some surefire muzzle devices, you can even tune or time for a left-handed or right-handed shooter. Oh, the war comp. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I always time my stuff neutral anyways. I figure, you know, if you ever had to go support side or you're shooting right side, neutral is probably the best option. See, my um, brother runs one of those. I just, I, I opted for the, the three prong, just the flash yeah. hider. And I mean, honestly, it, it would be different, you know, if I was shooting a scar or something, um, but with a five, five, six gun, I, you really don't need a comp on the end. I mean, I don't, I don't believe anyways. Uh, yeah. unless you're one of those, you know, competition dudes and you want to mitigate as much recoil as possible, you know, or, you know, maybe you just really love the land tech dragon or something. You just got to have that on all your guns. Like, okay, cool. But I, three prong flash hider does it for me. I'm not, yeah, I, I don't need it, you know? Yeah. And the argument too, for a flash hider, as opposed to a break is, um, if I want to shoot without the suppressor, at least I still have some flash mitigation. Right. Right. Um, Right. You know, Travis Haley. Are you familiar oh, yeah. with Travis? Yep. yep. Yeah. Haley Strategic. Yep. Yeah. He he had said that in one of his videos, I believe. He was like, hey, I run all it was with Grand Thumb. I might have it flipped. Either Grand Thumb or Travis said it. They're like, hey, I prefer flash hiders. So if I'm not shooting suppressed, I still have flash suppression. Breaks on a five five six are like, dude, do you really need that? Then yeah. the other guy, whoever it was, was like, Well, I'll take any advantage I can get, but you know, there's yeah, pros, pros and cons. cons. Yep. Yeah. It just depends on your use case. And I, so I guess, so in to kind of carry off of that point, cause this is something else that I think we had talked just a little bit about before was when you're picking right for, for we're talking specifically QD um, between yeah. a flash hider and a break on a can is one really better than the other in terms of how it's going to wear on the can. Um, you know, cause I've heard some people say that, excuse me, if you're going to, if you're doing that, you should run a break because the break acts as a sacrificial baffle. Um, and I, you know, but then I see a lot, a lot of guys still run flash hiders. So it's not like you're at a serious detriment one to the other, you know, is that in your, in your experience and, and what you've learned so far is that, does that kind of ring true or is there a serious advantage that we're not seeing? Yeah. Pros and cons to both. So let me grab a gun to show a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I do, I just, I hate running a, I hate running breaks. I spent the first couple of years I was, I was ever shooting. My brother put a big obnoxious break on his uh, 16 inch AR uh-huh. and he, and it just, I hated shooting next to him at the range. Like, Dude, you're, yep. you're such an asshole with that thing. And he thought it was hilarious. I'm like, why don't you, yeah. Why don't you, you know, that womp womp that, you know, shooting all that gas and stuff. I'm like, why don't you, you know, won't give me that. Why don't you come stand over here and see what that feels like? You know, it's, yep. it's just really annoying. Dude, for the guy to your left and the right, like 
oh dude it is it's super annoying much like the picking up brass as a barrier of entry for shooting it's the price you got to pay i've never really been one to complain about breaks because it's like hey this is part of the experience like would i prefer it to not have it for sure but like Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe it's just my way of my brain like i don't know what's the word being okay with stupid crap like that. It's just like, Hey, it's the price of entry. Put it in that category. It is what it is. I was at a vehicles class years ago, running a brake on an 11 five with no suppressor. And man, dude, it was like all of us in the vehicle, we were doing, you know, one man, two man, three man, four man stuff, dude, inside the vehicle with that brake was like legit concussed afterwards. And like, the guys are like, Oh, you piece of shit. You know, they're all bad. And I'm like, Hey guys, sorry. Sorry. And so I grabbed a 14 inch that was suppressed and just ran that, which you can still run in a vehicle. Fine. It's just a little tough, but, uh, the, the brake is annoying. And so getting back to the original question, again, this is all data that I've been taught and learned through CGS and some other people. So if something is wrong, people don't, you know, don't come after me too hard, but basically if we have, so we have your Helios QD titanium here. Um, I have it set up with a dead air mount. So this will run kind of all your industry QD stuff on the market. So they have a collar that you have to put on here, then the chemo to accept the length of the break inside of the can, right? Yep, yep. So this will just, uh, you know, we'll index it onto this muzzle brake here with that notch. And now, is, that, is that the, is the chemo kind of like the preferred QD method that they, that they have over it at CGS, or does it work with anybody else's stuff? It'll work with, I mean, any of your big names on the market. I've seen Helios QDs with, you know, cherry bomb stuff from Q. Um, Surefire, you have to get a Surefire locking collar, which basically guys will take like a Surefire Warden, that blast device, mm-hmm. cut that off, thread it. So it'll thread into here. Oh, and- so there's not an easy way to do it. It's not easy, but at the end of the day, if like all your, your stuff is surefire, but you want to run a CGS can. Sure. Yeah. I'd rather spend 250 bucks to get that done than spend 250 bucks per rifle to get a new muzzle device. See, that's, that's, man, uh, yeah, I, I like surefire, but I mean, like, man, that's just shitty. You know, like everybody else sells their, their system, you know, dead air does, you said Q does. Um, I think Yankee Hill might, or at least receives other companies stuff. Yep. Um, Cause I think I've seen somebody put the dead air uh, QD system on whatever the Yankee, I can't remember what they call their turbo. Um, I think. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The turbo. Yeah. Um, I've seen that, that configuration before, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Cause it's like 300, 250 bucks or 300 bucks for the collar system four or $500 for the can. Like why not just buy a Sandman at that point? But I mean, <clears throat> to each their own, you know, Hey, whatever, maybe, you've had the can for a couple of years or so I that's, that's, I mean, a, I feel uh, validated in my purchase of a dead air product and I hear great things yeah. about the chemo system. Um, yep. And also yeah. and not to hate on Surefire, but I, I always kind of like to see, see people stick it to the bigger guys. You know, it's like, it's like when a team beats the Yankees, you know, it's like no one's ever upset about that except Yankee fans. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Cause I don't watch sports, but I understand the reference perfectly because of who the Yankees are, you know, like I, I totally get it. So one thing, 
we'll come back to this when we talk about direct thread, but the price of outfitting all your rifles for QD stuff is something to take into consideration when wanting to suppress guns. So we'll, we'll get, we'll come back to that. Yeah, absolutely. So a break. So, you know, months ago when I was doing research on um, some CGS stuff for a video we did before I came on to work for CGS, I asked Bobby, the owner of CGS that I was like, dude, I've heard that breaks act as a sacrificial baffle and actually like help the performance of the suppressor. And he's like, potentially that is true. The problem though, they see is yes. Asterisk. (laughs) You have giant ports on the side of breaks, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that pressure, gas, concussion, all of it is immediately coming out of the, the break here and into the walls of the cam right now your average shooter is not going to split the sidewalls of a can but they've seen with certain companies right around 15 to 25,000 rounds you'll start seeing those sidewalls expand a little bit and eventually oh, crack really wow okay. okay so then let's get into uh flash hiders which let me real quick I'll see if I can find a picture real quick. I have it on here. I think you sent me one with the, uh, you see like the shadow of where the tines are or something like that in the perfect looking down the middle of, uh, like looking from, I guess, the ass end of the can down out to the muzzle, you can see like the, the wear pattern, you either three prong or four prong, whatever your case may be. You nailed it on the head. I couldn't remember if I sent you that I thought I had, but I wasn't quite sure. So basically flash hiders the downside to those is you have your tines right those act basically as like a water jet is the way it's been described to me for the pressure that's coming down the barrel so the pressure and gases will go down those tines Mm -hmm. and hit that first initial baffle and over time wear marks into that baffle and can punch through it over time now we're talking we're talking high round count right yeah having worked behind gun counters for a long time people actually do worry about that to a very small extent. They're like, well, what's the life of the suppressor? How long is this going to last me? They're meaning like total round count. They're not factoring in muzzle device and all that kind of stuff that, that wears out a suppressor. Also it's a moot point for like 99% of shooters out there. Um, The guys I know that have worn out cans, we're talking like special operations dudes that literally shoot sun up to sundown for months on end and they'll blow out cans. Right now I still like as, as someone who spends my own personal money on these cans, I like knowing I'm going to buy something that say over the life of the can, you know, those guys are shooting a can out several times a year, like three to four cans a year. Jesus Christ. That's a lot. Right. And that's bananas. And I've heard this directly from some of those dudes. We're like, yeah, we, we wear out three to four cans, each of us per year while training and deploying. Um, I still like knowing though, that say I shoot 2000 rounds a year for the next 10 years. And this can's in my name forever, potentially. Mm -hmm. Right. I like knowing that like 10 years down the road, my can potentially is still going to work. Now that may be the wrong way to look at it too. Cause in 10 years, we would hope, suppressor technology advances and that can that you're worried about blown out is a thing of the past but these are yeah, all it doesn't things. matter yeah. it's all part of because i'm not the gun guy that like memorizes gas port size and like all the nuanced stuff 
I, yeah, I don't either. It's that it gets to be a lot. You drive yourself nuts trying to, you know, unless unless that's your day job, right? Like you're an armor somewhere, or or you work in the industry specifically around some of this stuff. I mean, you know your basics, which I think it's like a the what the 0.075 is like your standard gas port size, and then other than that, like, like I mean, if you know more than that, good for you. God bless. I don't. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, you know, sometimes me and Jake kind of get some shit for that on videos. And I'm like, dude, just cause I'm not the gun guy that you are, doesn't mean I can't still be a gun guy. And I also like, my brain just doesn't work that way. Like one, I'm not intelligent enough Two, I got limited hard drive space, man. And it's probably tapped out. So it, it's hard for me to worry about that stuff. Now with getting into suppressor stuff, I, I do memorize some of that stuff because it does affect the way suppressors will work. Sure. But like that stuff's a little tough for me. So reason why I'm getting into that is like a lot of these details are kind of a moot point or not things that people need to worry about. Uh, it's similar to the argument of are your titanium cans full auto rated because I shoot really fast, which is a legit <laughs> saying oh people will tell me when I'm selling cans. Hey, man, are they are you sure it's full auto? Because I shoot really fast, man, like really fast. And I'm like. I'm like, dude, unless you're faster than a 249 full auto at 2000 rounds per minute, like, damn, dude, you're a good shooter. You're not that good of a shooter. One, two, you know, I shoot on average, probably three to 5,000 rounds a month, somewhere right around there with all the stuff that I do with selling suppressors, with YouTube, my own training, it's probably right around that, you know, some months might Mm -hmm. be 2000, some months might be a little higher. I, I was worried with these cans when I first started uh, using them before I came on to work with them, those things. Cause I was like, Hey, I do shoot more than your average shooter. So this was a valid concern of mine. These cans, they use grade five titanium cans and we'll get into the manufacturing of them, I guess a little bit right now. They 3d print these. And I was, I wanted to ask about that. Cause I, that's like, everybody has been buzzing around that is like, yep. Oh, they're 3d printed. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound good. I mean, you know, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm sure you're about to explain the details behind yeah. it, but it, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the process is called, let me pull it up real quick. Cause I, again, I'm not, can you still see me? Are we good? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So the process has like a specific name um, and it's like a scientific um, DMLS is what it's called, but it's basically 3d printing is the, the best way to put it. Um, and what they kind of what happens is there's titanium dust inside of a chamber that the laser picks up and 3d prints the whole suppressor the pros to that there are no seams or welds in the entire can most cans have welds either where baffles are or where the the mounting device is Mm -hmm. welded on to the can okay The problem with that is after that's done, there's no way to check those welds. Like visually they check the welds to make sure that they're good. Right. But they can't see inside that metal to make sure it's bonded correctly, that the thickness is the exact same through the weld. And like, dude, they have good welders and now machines do it. They're great. It's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I've, I've personally seen shooting, you know, a can or two where you start seeing micro cracks that turn into bigger cracks where welds are. Oh, that's unnerving. Unnerving. And sometimes, not all the time, but if it's a can that has a mounting device that's on a break, 
it could be kind of where the break is because of all that pressure coming out. Right. Yeah. yeah Again, makes downside, sense. downside to a break. The cool thing with the 3d printing process is they use a, a, a patented core inside of here. That's it's still all one piece. So because they laser, you know, laser print these basically 3d print them, they use a bunch of different internal geometry with the baffles that you cannot make by standard cans. Like, you know, you got a tube or like a core of stainless steel or aluminum that mm -hmm. is then machined out. The downside of that is there's certain angles and geometry that you can't get with certain tools because it's 3d printed. They can make any internal geometry of these that they want. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's advantageous. And it's getting into the weeds of it a little bit, but your average cones for a suppressor, like an oval, right. With mm -hmm. kind of like a nipple coming out of the top that goes to the next baffle, you know, they're like a conish right. conish shape. These, these don't have really anything like that. There's some wicked, like hexagonal octagonal 3d printed geometry in there. That's patented. Because I think I've seen the, um, I the think I've seen the, the, yeah, the x-ray of it. Uh, there was, yes. If you, if any guys listening, if, if you subscribe to, it might be recoil, I think a couple months back, maybe sometime last year, they, they sent out uh, whatever issue had like a, a six fold poster and it has like 20 different cans from like eight different manufacturers and uh -huh. it's like an x-ray. So you can see what the baffling design looks like on all of them. Yeah. And I saw that one. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very unique. Geometry. <clears throat> yeah. And the, so that's the, the plus side of 3D printing stuff is they can use certain geometry that's never been used before that is better for sound suppression, flash suppression, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if, you know, people that are watching, you see these holes, right? So I took the, uh, the end cap off. This is just the, the standard end cap threads mm -hmm. in there. But those holes act as a flow through for the can. So there's basically channels on the exterior of the can that uh, pressure... Yeah redirected through several times and then they come out the front i think so, doesn't, uh doesn't oss do something like that as well but they don't they don't cover theirs with an end cap that's like one of their features like when i was first shopping for a can that's what yeah. the the guy at the store tried to sell me on was an oss and at that actually at that particular juncture i was still like exploring the yankee hill route i was still all about like spending the least amount of money possible to get a to get a can um yeah. And he was like, he was talking it up and everything, but they're like $1,400. They're, 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 they're pricey. So at the time I was just like, nah, that's not, that's not for me. There's no way I, you know, I just, I don't think so, whatever. And I, what, I, I wasn't a fan of like the, the, the QD system. Cause I think they, they partner real strongly with Q. So I think it's a cherry yep. bomb, like just a thread on, it's not mm -hmm. really much of a QD. It's just. Just you, thread. Can, you can thread over your muzzle device rather than take the muzzle device off and thread on or something. Um, but I did think that was unique. And I, I didn't realize that there were other companies that were utilizing that kind of a, of a design yeah. of those, those uh, channels on the, the, I guess, perimeter of the yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Internal perimeter, like, you know, as close to the exterior of the can as you can get. And yeah, they have like a vented front cap. Some cool CGS for this suppressors. It comes one in a cool box. Oh my Pelican. God. That's awesome. Right? And then it comes with your um, 5 eighths by 24 um, rear cap. So instead of going QD, you could thread in this 5 eighths 
and run that on a big bore like 308. So direct thread. Okay. That's awesome. It comes with your half by 28 for 556 rear cap that again would thread in. So you can just direct thread onto your rifle. And then it comes with your standard front cap, which is not vented. It's just got the middle hole, right? right and then right. it comes with a vented front cap that has all the holes to make it truly more flow through. Like uh, I think, I think that's a patented term with OSS is, is flow through. Um, I think, yeah, I think I've seen them use that term very heavily in their marketing. Yeah. With the, they just call this like a pass through end cap or a vented front cap CGS does. And so depending on how you want to, there's pros and cons to both of these, right? So this just threads in and now I have a flow through or vented front cap and I can tune my rifle now for this. So right now all my guns with spurlative arms, adjustable gas blocks for this can are all tuned for the standard flat front cap. Mm -hmm. I am just to add a little more flow through, get a little less gas to the face and to test it. Cause I'm, I'm curious now, sure, I am sure. going to tune them for this um, just to see if it makes a difference on pass through end cap. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's and it, it's just that's, for fun kind of, but yeah. And that's amazing that, I mean, you buy the can and I know most manufacturers will give you like, Oh, you know, we'll give you the muzzle device and it's usually not the one you want. Like I know with, uh with that air, it's the, so I got the Sandman. So it's a 30 cal can, which, so the muzzle device uh, is going to be almost worthless for me. I mean, I can, I have a six, a six, five Creedmoor bolt gun that I can put that on, I think. Um, but that's it, right? You get the one muzzle device and you get the can you don't get, you know, cause I know there's uh, different end caps for five, five, six. That's extra uh -huh. money. Um, I don't even, I don't know that it comes with uh, the, the base cap or end, the, I don't know what you would call it, but so you can swap between direct thread and QD. And I'm pretty positive. It doesn't come in a sweet ass Pelican case. I'm pretty sure it's probably right. gonna come in like a cardboard box or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they're, so their cans come in a little cardboard box and they're only QD. Like they don't have, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think that air has any direct thread cans. Uh, uh, not in nomad. Five, five, six. Yeah. I would say the nomad or the Wolfman. Um, I thought, yes. And yes. But those are, yeah, those are, more for the larger calibers and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted cutie because it looks cool, which is yeah. important. Which, um, so they sell, they have like a couple different SKUs. Their, their muzzle devices are all 30 cal bore, but you can either get half by 28 or five eighths by 24 to thread onto your barrel. Oh, okay. They so yours, yeah, yours may have shipped with one or the other, but if it's still a half by 28, it's still a 30 cal bore, which a lot of suppressor companies are going to 30 cal stuff. Um, one of the main reasons is you get a little bit better flow through. Like these are all 30 cal. Um, they actually have a patented system that's a variable. Um, so it goes from 0 0.30 to uh, like bigger as it goes through, mm -hmm. um, which is their patented thing. But like Detter uses 30 cal because you get, you know, that 30 cal bore compared to a 5.56 bullet, which is 0.224, is you got a lot more space for crud to kind of get shot out, whether it's cordite, gunpowder, etc. Um, it also helps because you have a little bit of forgiveness. It'll help with baff or end cap strikes, preventing end cap strikes. So I was going to ask if that was, yeah, there, I'm, I'm positive there's additional benefits, but. Yep. And then um, like CGS uses it just because of all those benefits. Now, 30 cal bore, some people are going to argue that it's a little bit louder, but it's okay because you get a little bit other benefits from it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
something cool with these cans and uh, Dead Air does the same, you know, being able to thread on the end cap of your choice, I think is huge because a lot of, you know, you'll get some baffle strikes, but usually more often than not, from my experience and my knowledge, you get end cap strikes. But if I have the ability to, hey, I get an end cap strike on this end cap, I just order a new one, unthread this one, throw this one on, the can's good to go. As long as there's no yeah. baffle strikes internally, it's just an end cap, hey, you're good to go. Which my buddy who, his suppressor that he had the end cap strike on, mm-hmm. he sent it back and they're like, hey, thankfully it didn't damage anything else. We replaced the end cap, shipping it back to you. So what, what brand suppressor was that? Oh, I don't want to get into that. I'm not trying to no, talk I, that. Oh, okay. I didn't think it was, yeah. I didn't realize it was a QD issue or anything like that or, or QC. I'm sorry. QC. Oh yeah. Issue. And I don't know if it was a QC issue. It's just, you know, well, we'll let That's that, you know, I'm not, not that anyone would think I was talking shit by any means. End cap strikes happen. It's just, you know, eh, just, just another suppressor out there. Um, well, that's the thing. I, I feel like, you know, when you get into firearms in general, the, that whole, you get what you pay for thing kind of comes, you know, and that's again, you know, like I was saying, I was trying to find the cheapest way out yeah. <laughs> looking at buying a suppressor. And ultimately it was just like, I kind of kicked my own ass and my, even my wife, God love her. She's, you know, just buy, like, listen, if you buy the cheap one, you're not going to be happy. Like you're going to buy it. You'll be happy to have it. And then two weeks later, you're going to be regretting it because you didn't get something better. So just do it right the first time. So yep. I don't have to hear you bitch about it. I'm like, okay, Dude. well, I mean, if you give me the green light, then I mean, I suppose I kind of have, it would be rude not to, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that your wife and my wife are so similar. Like I'll look at a gun for months and talk myself out of it. You know, uh, like, Hey, I'm going to go buy it today. Talk myself out of it. Yep. And eventually my wife is like, Hey, you're annoying me. Shut the hell up and just go get it. Like, like go do it. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, you and me are similar. Like we research the hell out of a product before we buy it. So at the end of the day, if we put in the legwork, we have the money and it's just us being frugal. Cause you know, it's yeah, better it's, frugal yeah. than not. So that's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, sometimes you got to just send it like money's we can make more money. Like this is our hobby. We enjoy spending money. As long as you're not going bankrupt, like treat yourself. Do you watch Parks and Rec? I do. You treat yeah. yourself. Treat, treat yourself, yourself Tuesdays. Man. Yeah. Treat yourself, dude. So, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm having that struggle right now with the the whole night vision conversation. Oh well, that's it's, a, it's right at the brink of like, hey, this would empty the savings account. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't. Want, I mean, it wouldn't empty it, but it would put us in a worse situation. So I'm like, you know what, I, because then I'm like, well, I have to have a laser. You know, and then once you start getting on that rabbit hole, because yeah, no, no. Cost of entry, man, is is. It's have you looked high. through night vision at all? No, never, never. Because <sighs> if I do it, I'm gonna like. Well, this is definitely worth a second mortgage. Yep. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't really, told. but it's just it's one of those things. You know, you do it, and you're like, I have to have this. I'm yeah. I'm positive that's what the experience would be like. Yeah, and that's so. I got a buddy, uh, Costa Defense is a company. He specializes in night vision stuff. Um, not to be confused with Chris Costa, different Costa, yep. but, um, he's found like some guys will buy like a, a mono green tube, like a PVS 14 for like four grand, mm-hmm. and it's like nine times out of 10, three months later, they trade it in or sell it and buy a white phosphorus PVS 15 single tube, right? Several months later, they sell that and trade in for dual tubes because that's the progression of it. Right. Much like anything in gun industry, you start off with like 
a Smith and Wesson M and P sport too, which great guns, great guns. Yeah. But over time you're like, oh, maybe I want to step it up and get a BCM. Right. After yeah. that, maybe I want to get like a piston gun. Like he has found, if there's a set of night vision that you want, like say PVS 15s duels, which are white phosphorus, um, those will run you anywhere from eight to 11,000 right now, depending on the model and all that stuff. He tells everyone don't buy good enough and then trade up. Cause you'll, you'll end up losing money. Well, yeah, Cause you never you get want. your money back on the trade in. It's exactly. just, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Just save up, get what, and get what you want. If it takes a little bit longer than just, and I, I've yep. been victim of that, you know, uh, with muzzle devices, with, with optics, you know, everything, I, everything. It's one of those things you just got to learn. You yep. just got to learn. That's why, you know what? And I, I, I looked at that rationale when I bought my can, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do what I did with almost every other, you know, like step in the gun owner progression and like yep. buy cheap and then slowly upgrade and just pour money into it. I'm just, I'm going to go get, you know, there's nothing wrong with a dead air. You know, my brother was like, dude, you got to get surefire. I'm like, well, maybe you have to go get a surefire. He's like, but you already have the muzzle device. I'm like, that is the dumbest reason to buy X can ever. Like, yeah, there are other options out there for muzzle devices. You're talking a hundred dollars either way. Yeah. I could buy the hundred dollar muzzle device. And in fact, at that time there was a rebate from dead air. So I didn't even have to, I spent $20 on a oh. muzzle device. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. As a $75 rebate, it was supposed to be a hundred, but I guess that was only for the the wolf, the ones I didn't get. Of course. So my, my, yeah, my rebate was only 75 bucks, but still, you know, I got a muzzle device for 20 bucks. So I'm like, I'm good with it, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. It doesn't bother me. One, one, one iota. Yeah. Know? Yep. Which, you know, that's the argument too. then, like playing off of that. Are we jumping around too much or are we good? No, I, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm cool. good. Playing off of that. We can get into the, uh, the, uh, direct thread versus QD argument. So I oh, was going to break my heart. which there's pro much like anything in life there's pros and cons to everything right um because i was huge qd just for ease of use right like all Mm -hmm. of us are like well dude like uh let's see here it's just like in the movies you know there's no cooler scene than the guy sitting there just casually threading on a suppressor and and it's it's just he doesn't get any more badass than that right Although now that I say that out loud, threading on implies direct thread, which defeats the whole argument. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I got a couple arguments in on this for you. Let me take this. Uh, one cool thing too is uh, with these end caps, they're seven eighths. So there's a built-in mini flash hider in these end caps right here. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. But the angles make it a seven eighths socket, or like I just take a little crescent wrench, and we just tighten it down. This is, this is ridiculously well thought out <laughs> dude josh over at cgs is a straight up wizard man like the stuff he's coming up with one would take me a billion dollars in a lifetime to figure out um and he's just like oh i think about this stuff in my sleep and i write it down i'll wake up and write it down and i'm like dude those, those are the kinds works. of people you gotta like you just you wonder you're like how does your brain work like do i even want to know like but <laughs> I mean, I'm happy it does because now I get all this cool shit to play with. But I mean, and even even just from a fiscal standpoint, a lot of companies that do the swappable end caps and stuff, they some might send you the little. They look like little. Um, I don't know if you ever if you ever into cars, but the wrenches they send you for like coilovers, 
So you yeah. adjust your ride height. They're like miniature versions of those to help like wrench off uh, your end your end cap. But more often than not, they're like, oh yeah, $35 to buy our tool to work on our part specific. You know, it's kind of like the... I mean, you can get away with other stuff, but like the Glock tool or like the Glock punch, yep. it's like, dude, if you need a special tool to do half the shit on your gun, like why, why don't you just like throw it in there? The thing costs five bucks, build it into the cost. No one's going to be pissed about that. Right. Yeah. Sorry. got a phone call. Let me tell him. Uh, I'll call him later. There we go. Um, yeah. It's, that's a funny thing too. Cause like this is a seven eighths wrench or like I have a multi-tool in my range bag with pliers that would work if I ever needed to heaven forbid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they do have on like the collar that is the adapter collar for the chemo to add length. Yeah. Um, there is like those similar tools that all suppressors have. It has the recesses in it that are cut out. So you can oh, still yeah. use that same tool. See, that's um, brilliant. That, that is brilliant. Smart, smart. Uh, like they really, you know, again, I was a fan before I came on and, uh, like I'm an ultra fan now just because of how thought out things are. But um, so cutie. So, you know, it's nice because, you know, for people just listening, I got a type A here. Everything is clear and safe. You can confirm if you want. Yep. Yep. So got dead air uh, muzzle brake on there. There's a 13.7 pin. So it makes it literally 16 point like 0.00001 inches. It's like right there. Legally long enough. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because, you know, we got two rifles here. So we're on there, right? And then we have this other rifle here, which is a Type A, which is a guy that uh, he's a parts builder, Dane, making really high quality rifles. Up here um, in Michigan too, I think he's in Grand Rapids. You nailed it. Yep. So now we have two rifles with the same suppressor on and off in like three seconds, right? So that's one of the benefits of uh, QD, which I, I am going to start a campaign. I have the go ahead from CGS to do it. QD is the wrong name because that stands for quick detach, right? Now, tell me a scenario where you get in a gunfight, heaven forbid, yeah. um, or you're military, you're in a gunfight, and you have to quickly detach the suppressor, right? Most people will say in an extended gunfight, which I've, I've heard this argument from an Army infantry buddy of mine. Um, he was like, well, in a long-term gunfight, I would pop my suppressor off because I don't want to melt the suppressor. Right. Which I get. That's actually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the only applicable scenario where quick detach makes sense. Everything else is quick attach. How, how big is that population? I mean, it's, we're talking serving military is like super, we're talking single digit percentages of the American population and of the military that actually sees combat is yeah. It's you're like, yeah, you're looking at it like, a very less than one percent less yeah. than one percent of the population yeah without uh, what, a doubt what is it like one percent of the population has served since the global war on terror so something like that i, I thought it was maybe three or something but yeah it, it's yeah. it's a super low number and then of that you take out like support personnel and recruiters i mean all that stuff it, like not to demean their job but they're just they're not seeing combat they're not in firefights yep 100 so, and that's 100%. probably maybe 10 percent of that three percent or yep. 1% or whatever. So yeah, it's an extremely small number. Small. And so, so again, like not only now say he does need to quickly detach it. Well, dude, that suppressor, if he's got to detach it, cause it's so hot, how are you getting it off? With right? a glove. 
glove. Maybe. Or in his scenario, they had gloves and like it was melting as he was doing it. And he like popped the locking collar on this said suppressor and then put it on the ground and put his foot on it and pulled it out. So like, and he was like, I I had to remember like, Hey, don't leave this here. You know? Um, Anyways, we're talking about a small percentage that is ever going to have to quickly detach this. Okay. It should be, which CGS on their website says quick attach QD should be switched to QA because it does quickly attach the rifle. Now in a civilian application, one, when do you ever need to quickly detach your suppressor? But two, put even a magazine through a suppressor. You're not quickly detaching it, man. You're waiting for it to cool down and then you're taking it off. Right. So like QD is kind of the wrong terminology. It should be quick attach, um, which I'm going to start like a shirt campaign for CGS. Hopefully that is like, QA instead of QD. It'll be a fun little thing that we're going to do. Um, but when you really think about it, it's true. Like I, I don't, I can't think of any scenario where I'm on the range training where I need to quickly detach this. Right. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I've been sitting here since we brought it up. I'm like, I don't know that I can think of anything that really. Yeah. The only thing that came up is uh, I, I watched one of those stupid videos on Instagram of the guys training and the guy hits the door with a battering ram. Somebody mm-hmm. goes to clear the threshold and gets the rifle stuck in the, the exact width of the door. Oh no. It was like a full length, like HK something. And it's just, it was funny. That's the only thing I could think of. Me like, why would you want to quickly detach it? I don't know. Yeah. Which or quickly detach. Yeah. Yeah. Which then I guess the argument was if you had to quickly detach it to go in, like, aren't you going to want to shoot that suppressor in the house? Cause more than likely you don't have your pro on, right? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's so, a good point. And that, you know, I asked Bobby this when I was doing my video on YouTube for quick detach versus direct thread. And he's like, they have some really cool consultants and people that work for them that were at like the highest levels of the military you could get. And he's asked all of them, give me one scenario, give me one where you have to quickly detach the suppressor and not one of them could give up. Uh, a, a realistic scenario yeah. they could hypothetically think of something that they've never seen in their careers and these are guys that did 15 20 25 years in special operations that were like i can't think of one you know so so then getting into that with quick detach there's some other downsides so now this is where we get into the weeds of the nerdy gun stuff we have threads on a barrel threads on a muzzle device okay so there's two. Sure. You then have threads inside of the chemo, threads with the CGS adapter collar, and threads into the can. So we're talking five sets of threads, right? Yeah. This is what's called <clears throat> tolerance stacking. So you're stacking threads on threads on threads on threads, and we're, we're hoping that the tolerances and the QC or quality control of those threads from all the companies, from the barrel company to the muzzle device to the suppressor company right, are right. all within spec. Okay. Mm. If something is out of spec there, it's going to throw the whole thing off. And that's where you start getting baffle strikes or end cap strikes and things of that sort. Or you get a QD system that not dead air right here. This has been great, but say we have a, de- a QD system where their threads aren't right. Mm-hmm. So then it throws off the threads inside the suppressor. And it's not working as perfect as it could, because if 
threads are off in here and gas and cordite and stuff can get in there, well, then it's going to carbon lock. Right? Right. Which, uh, yeah, which, I mean, can happen with any can just shooting in general, whether it's in good QC or not. But yeah, yeah. obviously just makes it worse. Correct. And your the benefits of a direct thread can is there's only two sets of threads, the barrel and the can. So your margin right. of error goes down. But if, you know, one reason why I really believe in CGS stuff and I came on is, do they have a standard for their cans. So all of their cans, um, out of every batch, a certain number are taken, cut in half, and sent off to get quality control tested to make sure. Oh, wow. Threads Oh, dude. I mean, I'm t the standard for their cans is incredibly high, um, but they cut them in half and they send them out to get tested to make sure the internal geometry of the baffles is still to the standard. The threads are still to the standard. Metal hardness, thickness, and strength is all to the standard. So like the amount of work that goes in to make sure quality control on these cans is bar none the highest in the industry that I've found. Yeah. I mean, that sounds that sounds like top notch. And I think that's uh, actually even before you and I talked about, it, I think the first time I heard about CGS was watching the, the GBRS videos. Uh -huh. No, even those guys, right. You know, Navy seals, they, they did that for years and years and years and they swear by the CGS cans. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes. And then hearing the quality control, you know, practices that they uh, have in place, it makes sense, you know, yeah. Um, you know that when you, you can rely on that piece of equipment because it's gone through, you know, that rigorous testing process that, uh, the company regularly reevaluates, you know, like you're saying. Reevaluates like, I can't give like specific numbers, but like say out of a hundred cans, five of those are getting cut in half and sent off to get quality control tested. That's mm -hmm. a rough number. But sure, I mean, sure. their, their margin for error is literally single digit percentages, which is crazy. So, you know, dead air going back originally, I, I run dead air because that's what they primarily like for their QD stuff. Um, mm -hmm. They've got a lot of testing on dead air independently on their own. They can take a shit ton of abuse. Um, you know, I, I, I've run this, this can probably in this configuration is coming up on five, 6,000 rounds, probably through it with no issues. Um, these little rings that they have, which is part of their ratchet system, mm -hmm. you can replace those rings when they wear out. So kind of cool. Um, I thread locked all of this. It's not necessary. This was my own OCD brain. I thread locked all of this. So this can is going to stay like this forever. Just because when I do demos and events, it's nice to have a QD set up, even though I'm direct thread, it's nice to have QD because most your end user or buyer is going to go QD. So um, by, by your direct thread, you're that you're a proponent of, of direct thread. You're going to like oh, yeah, advertise to everybody. Yeah. Are so, you going to get shirts for that too? Are we going to what? Are you going to get shirts for that too? Um, on direct thread. I, I do want like a shirt that is like DT everything, you know, um, it, it's tough though. And we'll get into the, the cons of it, but this is a Knights. Again, we're unloaded. Okay. Mm -hmm. Safe direction, trip the trigger. We're good to go. Um, this is, let's see if I can get it off here. Oh, I'm going to have to stand up. That is not looking like it wants uh, to come off. Yeah. Which. 
oh, I'm not going to get it. So, so in cases like that, right, that, that would be a con to oh, – well, here be. comes the wrench. Yeah, It would be, but I'll explain why it's not that big of a con here in a second. And I don't know if that would be <laughs> – if that would be like with normal or, or I guess with other suppressors, can you put like a magazine through it to kind of heat it up a little bit and help with the removal process? Is that the same with direct threat as it is with QD? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it'll probably make it tougher on QD because it'll expand the threads with the heat or sorry oh, on sure. GT. Um, it's just the angle that I have this at. We're going to get into why this is important though, because a lot of people are anti-direct thread because they mm -hmm. don't want it to back off while they're shooting. Makes right? Sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. CGS puts a 25 degree taper inside of their threads, which make it so after shooting it, it needs 11 to 20% more torque to take off. Oh, okay. okay. That's so I usually do these hand tight. Like I'll put it on a hand tight and like twist it as much as I can. And they'll pop off with a little extra strength. This was put on with a wrench last time I was at CGS. Um, I didn't pay attention. Bobby was throwing this back on and he just torqued it down a little bit. So now it's going to need a little bit extra oomph to get it off. I need to throw it on my armor's block. So that could be an argument against direct thread. But again, yeah. Yeah. when have you ever had to quickly detach a suppressor? Yeah. yeah right? It's a, I mean, it's a compelling argument for sure. Now the other argument on the reverse end of that is QD. Like if I have to say you're a SWAT cop, you you're coming up on a hot call. You need to go suppressed because that's what you guys have. And sure. your gun is broken down inside of a bag. People will say QD is going to be easier because he can put his gun together, grab his suppressor, right? Throw it on and we're good to go. Yeah. So their argument is, well, if it's direct threat, it takes more time to thread on. Right. Well, and <clears throat> additionally, if you have to remove whatever device may currently be on the rifle, you know, if that's a patrol rifle or something and they don't roll with cans normally, whatever you have on there, you know, if you have to break it loose or whatever, that's a consideration as well. So, yeah. So what they did is they changed uh, little parts of the threads inside the can because it takes typically your average person a second and a half to quickly attach a suppressor. So they changed the threads in their DT stuff to shave the time. So it also only takes a second and a half to direct thread these cans. Well, and there's not, and no impact because that taper you're talking about, then it's not impactful in, in that it's not as securely mounted. Correct. Or, or the, the concern taper, of that. Yeah. Yep. But because that taper is there, it mitigates the problem to where it's a non-issue and they've had a, Again, some of their employees are like the coolest of the cool guys to ever be in the military. They have they had a competition. So he'd get one of them and say, throw on a QD suppressor as quick as you can. Okay. Yeah. They wrote down okay. the time. They had all the employees do it. And then they changed the geometry so the direct thread cans met the same time. That is and that is innovative. Kind of cool. And and also, I would probably still be bad at that because I'm one of those guys when I go to thread stuff on, I'm like, um, am I crossing this right now? Like, back it off and I'll, I'll check it. And like half the time, it's not even straight anyways. I found like on this rifle, because this is my main rifle, when I can pop this off, I just let gravity do it and like kind of slowly do it. And then once I feel it, it catches it, dude, I'll just spin it 
yeah. and it's on, it's good to go. Yeah, but you're not going to do that in a second and a half. <laughs> right? Yeah, which, you know, now I can't get this thing off, which is hilarious. But anyways, we were... Uh, so, I mean, I think if this demonstrates anything, it's really the QD's probably better, you know? You think? <laughs> I mean, no, the data is kind of pointing in the opposite direction. But in this particular instance, like, your QD is working better than your direct thread is. So, I, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into the weeds a little bit more, right? There's levels to this. So one of the biggest things that uh, cool guys want is repeatable point of aim, point of impact shift, right? Right. They're cool guys. They're going in for a hostage rescue. Say they disassembled their rifle, took the suppressor off. They need to go save some dude. They put it all together. They want to know that that same zero is exactly the same since they took the can off and put it on. Right. A couple things that make CGS cans really good at that is the 3D printing process and the quality control make it so that point of aim, point of impact shift is repeatable to a quarter inch, sometimes less, which wow. is a huge, huge deal. On this night's direct threaded, this is another reason I like direct thread. You will have little to no point of impact, point of aim shift whatsoever, which Scientifically, oh. if you think about it, makes sense because you're only stacking two threads versus the five of, with the QD. Yep. Five yeah. with the QD and all that goes into that, right? With direct thread, you just have the barrel can sitting on it. And basically where that projectile exits the barrel is straight into the can with all the gases and everything. So the whole can works better direct threaded. That makes sense. It, it's that just makes the, sense. And all suppressors will tend to work from my understanding, you know, working with dead air on some stuff, CGS on some stuff and my own knowledge, the best performance out of a can is always going to be direct threaded, which when we break it down, it does make sense, right? This is basically now just a muzzle device, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a, literally like an extension of the barrel, you know, and there's less failure points and things like that. I mean, it does, it does make sense. Yeah. And some people, getting back to the direct thread argument, some people will direct thread a can and then tack weld it on so it can't back off. But if it's really? machined properly, oh, yeah, yeah, which is adds to a whole other issues, but some people will tack weld them because they're worried about the can backing off. Backing itself off, sure. But if the threads are good in the can, and, you know, Knights, Knights is pretty well known for having good quality, well, decent quality control. Yeah. Um, because that taper is in there, again, it takes 11 to 20% more torque to get off. On YouTube videos, I've taken this off with my hand multiple times. <laughs> of course, now that we're sitting here, I can't get the damn thing off. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. This gun literally lives like this. It's a 16-inch Knights. Uh, it stays like this. I've taken the can off three times to put on some new CGS products that are kind of in the works and test them out. Um but for the most part, this, this whole system lives like this. It fits in my rifle bag, even with the suppressor on it perfectly. So wow. I don't really got to worry about taking that can off. It's probably got three. Now nah, it's got 5,000 rounds on it. Probably now with no issues. Is I threw a, uh, is that technically a, a full size can for them? Or is that like a K can? So this is great question. So they have a couple different models here. We have your Helios QD titanium. And then this is the Helios Direct Thread Titanium. So it's the same can as this, 
Oh, just just looks smaller because there's no, there's no locking collar and everything for the the quick attach mechanism. You nailed it. Yep, yeah. You nailed it. Let's yeah. See. It's gonna bother me now. So let's see if I can get this thing off. Well, and that's you know the the length and everything, and that's it's kind of popular now, right, to run compact cans or K cans, yeah. um, because it's like oh you know you can put it on a ten point five gun. You're only adding seven inches or something or six inches overall versus the seven and a half like it's, it only saves you an inch and a half of length really so i mean yep. i understand why you wouldn't go with something like the the sandman l right which i think is like a nine inch can um but when looking at the performance you know with the k cans and stuff so there's a turbo k for yankee hill there's the sandman k uh for dead air i just i wonder if the the perfor- the loss of decibel reduction um is really worth it. And I guess kind of like everything we've, we've said tonight to the most part, right. It's what, what is your overall, your end use case. And yep. that will ultimately end up justifying any decision truly, but. Yeah. What's the intended purpose of the rifle, right? Right. Yeah. What are you going to be doing with it? Does it really need to be that short? You know, if, it, if it's, Hey, I want to, you know, a 300 blackout with, uh, you know, I'm going to fold it up and it's got a seven inch barrel or an eight inch barrel or something. Okay. You know, then yeah, having it, you just want to have something really short. Cool. Makes sense for me. That's, yeah, and that's not really how I roll. So, and like, you know, it's cool to run these shorty rifles and stuff. And, and I, I ran a shorty BCM 11.5 for a long time, a Knights 11.5 for a long time. I like short rifles and they have their place. Dude, I'm six, four. My arm span is like six, eight. Um, I enjoy running long rifles, man. I do. I say, yeah, uh, it probably looks really goofy watching you shoot something like a seven inch barrel and stuff. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's like, I'm tiny up into that thing, you know? And I, I also like now evolving as a gun owner and shooter. I like stuff that is like the whole system is together. Right. Meaning I'm, I'm building right now a tuned 10, five, um, rifle for CGS stuff but it's going to be tuned. So like the whole system is made to run a direct thread can specifically for, yeah, for suppression rather than without. Yep. Instead of like, you know, my other 11 fives put on the muzzle device, put on the suppressor, didn't change anything, shot the hell out of it. You know, it, it wasn't like a tuned system. Um, the thing I like with long rifles is one, the performance out of it, right? Longer barrel, better performance, um, just overall better for a gun. Sure. Right. Um, I also like on these rifles, I have the superlative arms, adjustable gas block. So that's how I tune those rifles for cans. Um, I'll, they have a whole tuning process. Um, but I'll tune those cans for these suppressors and they just live that way. So the whole system is kind of one thing. And that gets to what the end user's goal is, right? I, my goal is one sound suppression isn't that big of a deal for me but I do like not shooting with hearing protection. Right. Um, I do like the flash reduction. I do like, let's be honest, shooting suppress and suppress guns just look fucking cool, man. Yep. Like they just look cool. Cool guy factor. <laughs> Number one and, on the list. And again, 90% of shooting is looking cool. That's right. So um, I guess what I'm getting at with this is like, it really does depend on the end user. And that's why QD is so big for a lot of people is like, dude, I can, I can move it to different platforms and I can do this. I can do that. You know, if I want to 
one argument, which I'm going to destroy right now, and I may break your heart a little bit, oh. is people are like, well, I, I want a QD2 in case I want to shoot unsuppressed. Now, Austin, you're telling me you waited 9, 10, 11 months. You spent $1,200 to not shoot your suppressor. I mean, I guess it depends. The only, the only, the only thing I'll say with that, I mean, no, I'm going to shoot with it as much as I can. Like right. shoot the piss out of that thing, man. The only time I can see is if I head out of state, cause I live somewhat close to the Ohio border and there's a couple really good training ranges in Ohio that I'm going to, I'm looking into going to take some classes there and stuff. And I think like, not this year, obviously, but I think Achilles heel tactical does like the Ohio range day event and everything. So crossing state lines, the NFA items, for anybody listening, it doesn't know that it, that a big, no, no, it's not like your CPL license where, uh, it's cross compatible. Um, or was it uh, reciprocity or something like that? That uh-huh. does not the case. You got to call the state you're going into ahead of time and they got to clear something or other that gives you permission to bring it in. Otherwise, uh, if you get arrested with it, I'm pretty sure that's a felony because it's an yeah. NFA item. So, yep. And there are some, those laws are really interesting and different too. Um, I work with an FFL SOT, so I, you know, I, I'm getting my own FFL SOT here, but I'm an agent uh, on one for demo and law enforcement purposes. So okay. there's, there's certain ways that you can work with the laws on that. But even before I did that with my own personal suppressors, from my understanding, as long as the state you're going to also allows those NFA items, you're good mm-hmm. to go. Even mm-hmm. here in Arizona, I did some training in California and took my non-California legal stuff there. But per California law, if I am there for firearms training, 30 days or less, I can have all my stuff. Ah, oh, so you didn't, did not know that. I assumed that the, the communist state of California was uh, ultra restrictive on all gun control. Yep. And which now let's go back. That does make somewhat sense because they're like, hey, if we're getting LAPD SWAT trained up on how to use this suppressor in this thing, but this instructor can't come here with his stuff. Uh, Yeah. Somebody lobbied for that somewhere. Someone greased the wheels. Yeah. So kind of cool. Um, And I learned that from a very prominent, probably the most popular firearms instructor in the industry um, told me that because I was there training with him. Now, as far as Ohio and your rules there, I'm sure it's very similar. Um, they have pretty good gun laws as far as suppressors and barrel length and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think they're actually uh, if they oh, I think if 10. they haven't, I think they're um, they're a constitutional carry state now. Okay, so they got to be like top ten then in gun laws, top five, top ten then. So yeah, I think so. I, I'm honestly, we have a tendency of following Ohio on some things. I know, like during the lockdowns, we kind of like governor followed what the ohio governor was doing with easing stuff so yeah. i'm like okay just keep just keep going like constitutional carry like i have my cpl so it doesn't matter to me. i just hate i hate having to pay for it every four or five years whatever i think it's stupid yeah yeah which you know it's just the government's way of getting a couple more bucks but oh, yeah. Yeah. um and again i'm all about following local and state laws let me absolutely that absolutely um, yep especially with nfa items right it is that's the quickest way to lose your right to own any firearm, anything is, yep. is screwing around with NFA items, like a short barreled rifle, short barrel yep. shotgun suppressors, uh, manufactured anything. Um, you don't follow those rules, man. You're you, you throw in the pokey and, uh, yeah. then you yeah. can't own a gun ever again. Cause you're a felon. Yep. It's not and misdemeanor I've, gun charges. Yeah. Not, you know, 
never play with anything like that. I, I will say every ATF agent that I've had to interact with or involved with doing what I do, um, one is very competent um, for the most part, very competent, and they're not looking to throw away your average citizen. So some guys might get mad at me for this and saying like, maybe I'm kissing the ATF's ass. Let me be very clear. Not a fan <laughs> of the ATF. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but having worked with some of them, they're like, listen, dude, we're not coming after you for your one suppressor because you crossed the state line and you made an accident. We're coming after dudes that are making full autos, making suppressors out of their garage and selling them commercially. Right. Sure. Um, think of numbers too. for them to charge you or me. One guy for one infraction is like probably a million dollars. It's still a million dollars to prosecute the guy with like 40 infractions. So uh, yes. Yeah. Right. 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 Now, again, not advocating breaking laws. I follow all my local state and federal laws, but like, I think we have this idea with the ATF that they're like coming to knock down every gun owner's door and take all the guns. Sometimes it does feel that way. The guys that I know there are going after I'm here in Arizona. They're going after dudes that are making full auto guns, selling them to cartels, 50, 60, 70 at a time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger so, fish for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, be sure to call your one thing with the ATF is you can call your local agent and be like, Hey, you know, I have an NFA item. I'm looking to go train here. What's the process to make sure I'm in compliance with everything. And dude, like from my experience doing that, every single one I've called to ask those questions is more than happy to help, which people might have other experiences. My experiences, they have been more than happy to help. They don't know who the hell I am. They don't know anything about YouTube. They just know I'm a guy. I don't even get my name. I'm a guy calling to make sure I'm in compliance and they're happy to help. So, you know, if you want to go to that Ohio range day with your suppressor, I'm, I'm about 99% sure you can do that. Um, yeah, I'll still do the yeah. research on it. I'll probably still, yeah. I would still call on stuff just cause I'm paranoid, but that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. 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 Trust me my, to finish that sense. I was going to say call and make sure it's good with you, yours and how you do things. Um, I fly once a month with suppressors. I've never had any issues, but I do follow the local laws, my state laws, federal laws, and make sure everything's good to go. Um, one thing that I do, uh, this is something that all suppressor owners or NFA guys should do. I carry my paperwork every, I know exactly where it is. My paperwork goes with me everywhere when I have a suppressor. Um, I am going to shrink all these down to be like index card size. Yep. They're yep. going to stay in my Pelican gun cases and all my soft cases. And I'm going to throw a set inside my truck. I'd say some of them, if you don't uh, extend a lot of like AR 15 grips have like the hollow, the hollow grips and stuff. You can, if you get them down like an index card Perfect. size, laminate them, you can just roll those things and like rubber band it and shove it up in the handle. It's not ideal, but yeah, I've also yeah. heard some local ranges that they see a can. They're like, they throw a fit. The range officer will, will uh, overstep what I believe is a reasonable authority. And if you can't produce this, the stamp on, on site or your documentation on site, they'll actually ask you to leave the premises, which, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. Or those a lot are the ridiculous. same gun guys that if you had a stock by mishap on your AR pistol, cause you didn't know the law, those are the same guys that would probably call the ATF on you. To me, those probably. are red coats. Yep. They don't, they don't endorse the second amendment. I don't consider them part of the gun community. That's just my opinion, but no, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's annoying, you know, rather than be educational and go, Hey, did you know that, that you shouldn't do that? Like 
Hey man, if a cop walked in here right now, technically they could arrest you. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to eat your lunch over it. I'm just trying to let you know, man, like take it off, get, a, get yourself a brace. Especially because now like you can get the SB braces. They go straight on a regular buffer tube. You don't need to have a special buffer anymore. Like it's yep. very easy. Correct the mistake. Um, you know, maybe you do have to buy a whole different lower if it's registered as a rifle lower and you're yep. using a short barrel upper on it, like figure out which one's cheaper, either a new upper or a new lower and, you know, make the change or whatever. But yeah, I've yeah. been in, I was in a gun store recently and the ATF was doing their audit on the gun store and a customer came in and he had a stock on an AR pistol. He, you know, newer gun owner, not quite clear on the rules, you know, and was like, Hey, he, he brought it up. He's like, someone mentioned to me that this is illegal. ATF's doing their audit at a oh, desk, God. like 10 feet away. And so the agent's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, you know? yeah, super hearing and everything. Yeah. Dude, she comes over and she's like, Hey, your friend is right. You're not supposed to do to ABCD. Go ahead and pop that stock off for me. Let's get you set up with what you need. They'll be able to help you out. Here's the law. Look into it. You're good to go. So like, it just, I think we get really worried about our gun rights taken away. And trust me, it's something I worry about, but like, man, like if it's an honest mistake, you know, it's, it's yeah. really hard for me to imagine the ATF is going to throw the book at you for it, something like that. Yeah. As long as you're upfront about it, you know, just like yeah. when you get pulled over, like if you own it, yeah. will you still get a ticket? I mean, maybe, but yeah. you know, maybe they'll, they'll also be cool about it and be like, Hey, just slow down or yeah. yeah hey, pop the stock off here. They sell braces here. You know, one of those, yeah. Is it a hundred bucks that you probably weren't planning on spending or something that day? Yeah. But that sure beats the alternative. You know, you can always make more money. Um, yeah. You can't get your, your rights back uh, yeah. after some of these instances, you know? Yep. And here's, here's a one-off story for you. And then we'll get back into suppressors. Um, I personally know the owner of the shop and I've seen the footage. A guy was in his shop. He, uh, was looking at a demo gun that had a suppressor on. He took it off, put it in his back pocket and walked out. Oh okay. shit. So calls the ATF, ATF sends some agents down. Uh, this guy that stole the suppressor had his company logo right here. Oh, fucking idiot. Yeah. So ATF shows up to his, his business two days later and they say, Hey, we have this footage. This is you. Where's the suppressor? And why'd you do it? You know? And he's like, Hey, you know, I make great money. I make $400,000 a year. I just didn't want to wait nine months. And they're like, give us the suppressor. He hands it back. They fine him for a total of $250 and tell him not to do it again. Give it's the like suppressor nothing. back to the store. Done. That's it. Now, oh my God, this is not doctrine, right? This guy probably lucked out because with my luck, they'd throw me in prison for 30 years. But <laughs> the moral of that story to me is like, they probably see good guys that are doing that often. And they're like, Hey dude, slap on the wrist. Don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. Do it the right way. Now, if again, if you're selling suppressors and full autos out your back door, like you're fucked. Yeah. You yeah. know, which I think suppressors and full autos should be legal anyways. Let me make that very clear. But like it, it, it it's just tough to think it's like saying every cop is out there to be a bad cop or every ATF agent is out there to throw good law abiding citizens in prison. Don't get me wrong <laughs> or shoot your dog. Yeah. And I still think the ATF sole purpose is to put good Americans in prison, but, and if you need to cut this out, feel free to cut it out. No, I, I don't disagree with it. And I, I think yeah. that, I think that 
you know, um, it's, it's all legit concerns. I, you know, my buddy met, met an ATF agent and unfortunately he had a bad interaction with the guy. He was one of the, I don't understand why anyone needs an AR 15. The reason why Chicago gun laws don't work is because they just go to Indiana and, and buy them legally and bring them across state lines. And, you know, he's one of those people. Yeah. Um, Which there definitely are those agents out there. Yeah. There's those cops. Um, I, yep have a buddy who is one of those cops doesn't think that civilians should be able to own rifles, handguns, whatever. Doesn't think that because of what someone could do with a rifle, then nobody needs to have them other than the police. And I don't agree with that either. Obviously as someone Ukraine who owns money. Would, yeah. Ukraine would argue that a little bit right now. Well, and that's, but... that just makes the, the case, you know, I don't understand why anybody needs an AR 15. It's like, well, have you watched the news? Have you seen what's happened to Ukraine? Yeah. The mic drop walk away. You know, yeah. well, that could never happen. Well, that's probably what they said too. It's yep. 2022. Nobody invades each other for no good reason anymore. Yeah. Until and they do. Look, if I could have a cop living in my house 24 seven to respond to something that happens instead of an eight to 15 minute wait time for them to show up at my door. Yep. It, yeah, it's like, know, I think, I think here in Detroit, our average is around 12 minutes for Whew. a response. Which yeah. at the height of COVID, I was working behind a gun counter and this lady very liberal comes in with her husband and is like you need to convince me to buy a gun today and i was like first off wrong fucking dude because i'm not going to convince you of anything i don't care what you do with your life but i will present the facts to you and you can make your own choice and this is how far i got i was like ma'am i'm going to get a little aggressive or like this is going to be a little maybe off-putting for you but i'm going to be pretty direct with what i'm about to say she was maybe five, one, five foot, maybe 105 pounds, you know, tiny. I'm yeah. six, four, 270. And I was like, ma'am, again, not to get too aggressive, but I will break into your house and I will rape and murder you and steal all your shit before the cops ever show up. And she was like, huh. And I'm like, average response time in our area is eight to 15 minutes. I was like, that's a lot of time. Yeah, and I asked her. Happen. What levels the playing field with someone your size compared to me? And she's like, well, a gun. And I'm like, I don't really have anything else to tell you. You need to make your own choice. You know, she ended up buying a gun, got phenomenal training, came in like two months later and like gave me a hug and was like, thank you so much. Like, dude, it was a pretty cool experience. And, and uh, she's probably a gun owner for life now and realize the benefit of it. Right. It's not this mean, bad, ugly thing, but it's a, level playing field against evil in my right. opinion right nope 100 percent agree so back to suppressors anyways what were we talking about um so direct one, one yeah we we're talking about direct thread and, and the pros and cons and oh these two models real quick so helios qd right right uh both titanium helios direct thread so same length and everything this just is able to be qd or again it ships with the direct thread rear cap and caps yeah yep so um, there's those. This here is the, if you see, they look identical. They do. Yeah. And they are. This is the Helios direct thread. And this is the Hyperion direct thread. The Hyperion comes in um, half by 28 or sorry. F- what is it? Five eighths by 24? Five eighths by 24. Yeah. So all your 30 cal, you know, big bore stuff. The Hyperion and Helios direct threads are literally the exact same can, just different thread pitches. Ah, okay. Okay. So both 30 cal bores, the only difference half by 28, five eighths by 24. So 
Um, this was on, we did a video on a SCAR 17. This was what was in that video suppressed. This can, because uh, we were talking about K cans. That's originally yeah. what we were talking about. I guess this, this is considered the Hyperion K. The Hyperion standard is that guy. Wow, so, that's like, that's, yeah, that's like two thirds the length. That, right? that's, a, that's a huge suppressor. Quite a bit different. Yeah. The cool thing with these cans though, and we should have mentioned this already, I guess, is because they're titanium, we're talking ounces, right? Um, these cans weigh ounces. Uh, the Hyperion and Helios are 9.8. Um, your Helios QD is going to be slightly lighter because it doesn't have the threads inside. But right. It will add weight as you start to add a QD system. So unfortunately, this can, how it sets up, just the mounting system with the collar and the chemo, double the weight of this can. Oof. So it comes in right around nine-ish ounces naked, 8.9 or nine. With this chemo system, we're coming in at 19 ounces. So you you double the weight of the can. Yeah, none some, yeah. The, the pro to this setup, though, is because all the weight now is where the muzzle device is, even on a full-length rifle, uh, you know, this is run on a 16-inch guns, Dude, because it's titanium, it's not front heavy at all when you're doing ready up drills or anything like that. And that's a pro of titanium cans is you shave a ton of weight. So is there, with that weight savings, is there any lost durability or lost performance just in the, in the change of materials there? Yeah. Great question. So titanium cans, you know, some of the, the whole question of that is people are like, well, titanium cans aren't as robust and will degrade over time. Not wrong, but the caveat is this. Titanium, especially grade five, which is what all this is, grade five titanium starts to degrade between 800 and 900 degrees over a prolonged period of time. So to get it to that temperature, you're gonna need a mag dump full auto. The test was like four to six magazines, depending on the ammo, and then sustain that for quite some time. Your average oh, shooter damn. doesn't own a full auto. And as we said in the beginning, guys that are like, well, I shoot really fast. Will titanium hold up? You're not shooting that fast, homie. You're just so, not. So yeah, so probably not the can you want to use on that that M249, but in other words, it, in other applications, it'd be just fine. Right, which getting into that too, all cans, people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but let me finish the statement. All cans are technically full auto rated, but to a point, right? So some cans might take a full auto magazine or two or three. Some cans might take 20 full auto mags. Technically, all of them are full auto just to different degrees, right? Sure. sure. Again, you need to do four to five full auto mag dumps and sustain that for a period of time to damage this can. Okay. Um now a 249, which we did a review on, we had a Helios QD, but in their Inconel material. Inconel is, to, to put it this way, and some people again will get mad, the cone of spaceships is partly made of Inconel because of how it tolerates heat so well. Okay. Oh, okay. So this, that can is still 3D printed, but out of a different material. So no seams, no welds. So two failure points are gone already. Um, and that can was made to suppress like belt fed weapons. We ripped, I can't tell you how many belts through that can. 
zero issues. Um, when CGS was testing that can, they melted and broke like four different full auto weapons and several different barrels. And the can was like, what else do you got? Was fine. So, yeah. So I still need to get one of those Inconel cans. The downside to that can is weight. They are very heavy. Naked, that can weighs 19 ounces. So the weight of this with the QD system. Mm-hmm. You then add on the QD system, you're added more weight. You know, you're you're over, you're almost at a pound total overall. Yeah. To that well, gun. and it, it, it just it comes down to pros and cons. Your use case, what do you need it for? Like you're never gonna get everything right you're gonna get you know either it's gonna be okay at everything or it's gonna be better at some things and worse than others it's just it's hard to get away from i mean everything's got limitations right yep you nailed it man so that's that inconel can is a a pretty interesting can because you still get all the accessories is this titanium um and that can dude like if i had to have one can for the end of the world zombie apocalypse it's that inconel can yeah um this would still do it. These other cans would still do it. But to me, it's the like mentally knowing that Inconel can sustain yeah, a lot of fire. Knowing the limits to which that can hold up. Yeah. And what was designed to hold up to. Exactly. You'll you'll burn out your barrel before you burn out that can all day. All fucking day, man. And that's like, that's a good peace of mind thing to, to yeah. know, you know, at least if you're looking at um dollars invested, bang for buck, whatever I mean, whatever, whatever you want to say. Um yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that the CGS cans cost more than yeah. quite a few that are on the market, but I think, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you've, you've said, you know, and, and I, and Lucas at T-Rex did a video and he pointed out what some people may have not realized is there's a reason why, you know, American made products or even, or even just certain high quality products cost more. And a lot of the time it's because the money that goes into things like the quality control process you discussed that that's costly. A, you just destroyed five units of product purely for testing, which is going to cost you additional money. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you get what you pay for. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, could you have a great experience with one of the Yankee turbo? And we kind of, I feel like kind of shit all over those, but you, Not you at could all. still, yeah. you could still have a, a very positive experience with one of those, you know, yeah. or a gem tech or, or, or whatever um, you could. But it, you could also, there's a greater chance you have a poor experience, I think. Um, yeah. This is, yeah. you know, just I could, I could argue that. Yeah, for sure. You know, what versus something like CGS where, you know, it's documented, you have the, the, the QC process, you have the um, space age materials uh, yeah. and, and everything that go into the development of it. And, you know, I mean, maybe that's, that's a new standard. You know, just like, yeah. uh, you know, for years and years, Surefire was the one everybody looked to because they were breaking those boundaries in the industry, you know, and um, not that I don't like them or Glock, but they've kind of fallen the way of Glock where it's like, well, this is what we make, you know, and uh, this year's model is, this is really nice. You like it. It comes in a different color. Like, is it different? Yeah. <laughs> this one's blue, obviously, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, you know, because it works like don't mess with it if it's not broken. Right. But yeah. um, maybe this is one of those things where you look at new materials like, you know, the ink and L and maybe other companies start following suit. Hey, this makes a lot of sense um, from a durability standpoint. This is just, you know, uh, it's uh, competition breeds innovation, you know, and I think Nailed that it. we've we've gotten to that point in the suppressor industry or, or segment of the industry rather where, you know, hey, everyone's making pretty decent cans right now. 
Yeah. Who, how do you up the ante from there? Yep. And so we were at a, you're familiar with silencer shop. Yep. Yep. That's why I did. That's why I did my, uh, my purchase through their kiosk is great. If any of you guys listening are looking to buy your first suppressor, go through them. They, they make the whole process super easy. The DocuSign process electronically, you go get fingerprinted at their kiosk. It's stupid easy. Yeah. Stupid and something cool. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. Uh, my bad if I'm not, but <laughs> Science or Shop is, it has been, from my understanding, working closely with the ATF on the e-forms side of the house. Yeah, they've been pushing that big time. Dude, a buddy of mine put in e-form can stuff 18 days ago. It just got approved. Uh, we might have to talk offline how I can check that status. 18 I, days. I mean, I did January 28th is when I went back. So I bought mine on Black Friday, okay. January 28th. They called me back and said, hey, we're switching everybody that we have existing over to an e-form. Yep. And they're like, I'm like, so is that going to pick up or is that going to restart the clock for the 90 days? Like, well, it's going to restart your clock. but it's still probably going to be faster. Yeah. So that yeah. means, you know, 90 days out, right. Um, you know, April 28th is when, uh, hopefully. I should hopefully be getting yeah. that, that magic phone call. Like, Hey, you can come get it and bring it home, <laughs> dude. So they, they've been working closely with that. And one of their head guys over there, Justin, I, I met through CGS when we did a event in the Austin area, um, capital armory shoot, which was pretty cool went and talked with them and they just this week pushed out like almost an in-service zoom call for all their dealers to be up to speed on the e-form stuff. So amazing. Even people, uh, dude, they're doing a great service for the gun. Because I know when I, even when I went in to go do mine, um, we couldn't get it to work for some reason. And the like ATF issued no instructions or help documents or anything. What we finally ended up, I had to come back the next day and do it. What we finally ended up figuring out was that I had set up my silencer shop account with uh, my my email address here for the podcast. Okay. And then when I went ahead and set up the ATF login, I had used my personal email address. And because those two didn't drive together, it, it was a thing. I went in and I changed the, pat, the, uh, the email for my uh, ATF account, whatever that I had to create. No problems. Boom. Done. Easy. Cool. Like, okay, that's somewhat annoying. And if you guys had just like a little bit of clarifying like information out there for FFLs, it would have gone a long way. Yeah. Um, And working in corporate America, I'm totally used to stuff like that where they're like, yeah, this is going to be great. We're going to roll this out. And then it's like, there's several breakdowns in communication because people just didn't think about the questions that you have in application, but. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're doing a great service. Uh, I think that e-forms thing is the way of the future, obviously. It, uh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, if think of this too, like if manufacturers aren't spooling up manufacturing in lieu of the e-form stuff, I, I think they're wrong, dude, because once that starts getting normal and used to it and you start seeing every dude getting suppressors back in 10 to 20 days, Oh, Come yeah. on, man. Like the boost in suppressor ownership is going to sky. It's already been going on a good upward trend for several years now, dude. It's going to quadruple five, five X, 10 X once that's kind of down pat. Cause if you're telling me I can go and buy, let's say two suppressors at the same time, you know, if I feel like spending my savings account that day and I only right. got to wait less than a month, well, then oh, yeah. the next time I have money for two more cans, I'm doing it again and again and again and again and again. So hell yeah, you are. It's, it's pretty cool. And yeah, so any of you guys listening, if your local dealer has a science or shop kiosk, 
they should have an email from silencer shop on that in service and how to do e-forms better. Mm-hmm. Go check with them. If they don't tell them to reach out their customer service at silencer shop is awesome. They have like six dudes dedicated to just kiosk stuff there. Yeah. So you can call in and get some really good hands-on help. And there. You can also go to the silencer shop website and even if it's not your regular gun shop, you can search and find kiosks near you. Like I drove to a yep. store an hour away from me because I didn't realize the one that was literally 10 minutes from me had one. Yeah. And yeah. I was happy that I didn't, I mean, not that I wouldn't like to give them the business. I would, but it's way like when I had to go back to do the e-forms, obviously I can't drive an hour, you know, back and forth on my lunch break. Right. Cause that's, you just can't yeah. do it. Um, yep. So yeah, check out their website. They, I mean, they're, they're like doing the Lord's work, like, yep. like really it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they have a kiosk locator on their uh, website too. So you type in your uh, area code, sorry, please, area code, and it'll find the closest kiosk to you. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, Back to suppressors or CGS, sorry. One thing while we were sitting here talking is I'm going to show you. So my hands, you know, relatively clean. Mm -hmm. Show you something here. I'm just shaking out the can. I can feel it. Now there's pro- on my pinky finger. See that black yeah. smudge now? Yeah. So they have a proprietary coating that they do on the outside and inside of the can. Um, one of the concerns people have is, will I lead out the can? Meaning you shoot so much that lead and carbon build up in between the baffles and basically make the can not a can anymore. And I've seen this yeah. on, on Surefire cans. We've cut them in half and, you know, there's lead all the way up to where the baffles begin in that can. And that's a can with, we're talking tens of thousands yeah, of rounds. Yeah, a lot of rounds. Yeah. Well, this coating that they use on the inside and outside um, basically makes it so carbon and stuff can't adhere to the baffles and get shot out as you shoot. Pretty cool. Yeah. Which it, you're not going to be able to hear it, but I can hear stuff shaking out and then wiping my hand on the, like there's some more black stuff on those fingers. See, and that's that's cool. I mean, that's like next next level thinking, you know, addressing the the real issues. And I think, I mean, if you're trying to market something to be top of market, top of industry, to you know beat out what you know, the surefires, the dead airs of the world, right? You gotta look, okay, what are your complaints? Yeah, and how do we address it? You know, that's just a practical way of looking at it. So I think the material is great. I think that that coating, that's something I never would have thought of. Yeah. I just, as somebody who doesn't, I mean, I've never owned a suppressor, so I don't shoot a ton of suppression, but probably wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so to have that, that's just something else that's, that's on the list. And uh, just another pro, if you guys listening, if you're, if you are looking to get into the suppressor game, CGS, it sounds like it's doing a lot of the right things. You know, yeah. I mean, um, you could do There's a lot a- worse. There's a couple other things too. We'll get into. Do you are you still good on time or do we? We're need actually we're coming like right up to it, man. Okay. We're almost. Cool. Uh, believe it or not, we're almost at two hours. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. All right. So last thing on CGS, and then we can end this. And also, again, you want to do this again, man? Let me know. We'll we'll dive into. Oh, it we more. will. But, um, we definitely will. The biggest con that some of your listeners are going to say because it's social media hype is okay. that titanium sparks compared to other suppressors. They're not wrong. Little bits of titanium and magnesium are what they use in fireworks to make the white flash. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you will always have, it's just part of materials, little microscopic pieces of that are gonna fall off as you're shooting, settle in the can, and then as you shoot, create more sparks, okay? People get bent out of shape about this though because they capture it on a camera or photo. Now, a camera and a photo, again, will pick up light better than the human eye because really that's what cameras do, okay? Yeah. With the human eye, like, dude, I, I mean, I've stood right next to the can while shooting. Um, there's been some testing where guys will be downrange in a safe, like, box, you know, bulletproof mm -hmm. container, and guys will shoot, and they'll look at the flash of the can. Our human eye can't see it as well as cameras. So people complain, like, in this picture, I saw CGS can spark a ton. And it's like, yeah, a photo. Okay, yeah, the, a the photo. lens saw it. And that's, it's funny you bring that up because I just picked up a six pack of their, um, their airsoft uh, flashbangs. Yeah. And uh, watching some of the videos on it, it's like the video doesn't, it doesn't look very impressive at all. Yeah. It's just like a pop and not even, it doesn't even look like a flash and everything. And there's a really good, and I don't know who did it. There's a really good video on YouTube though, where they address specifically how, um, basically the human eye and how it focuses and receives light versus uh -huh. a, a camera eye, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah. It looks like nothing to the camera lens because you know, it's a camera and then the human eye obviously would be a blinding effect and it would be a, a, a white flash and, and, you know, distorting and all that. So you can't look at just a YouTube review and get an accurate representation of what you're really dealing with, which for guys like you and I that obsess over those kinds of things before making a purchase is unfortunate. However, I mean, hashtag trust the science so right what are you gonna do yeah. and that's so. yeah so with that that scenario your human eye is picking that up more but like with something like this it's supersonic projectile all that stuff is moving at high rates of speed like dude guys will send me pictures like dude these cgs can spark and their shit and it's a still frame by frame photo that they paused on the frame of the most flash yeah like dude some legit dudes use CGS products and they have some pretty cool um, contracts like the eye flash of titanium suppressors, especially this is, is a non-issue because a well, lot of people and, gripe about that. Yeah. And if it's that big of a deal for you, then just get the, um, I can't even think of the material, get the other one. Don't get, don't go titanium, yeah. go with the, um, the Inconel, yep. the Inconel. Yeah. And yeah. same performance, same quality control, same features that you loved for the first one you don't like the titanium it sparks too much for your personal interest well cool there you go here's an alternative yeah you know and I mean? the argument is if suppressors are supposed to reduce signature but this one increases it with flash what's the point again not the case also man the people that complain about this stuff are dressing up like i do and going out and shooting and playing dress up right so to me, it's almost a moot point. Cause it's like, yeah. dude, you're, you're not in a gunfight overseas in blacked out Afghanistan against bad guys. You're not. If you feel that that's still something you need or want, look into the science a little bit more, look into how photos work and cameras work. It's a non-issue. Um, there's a great website last thing, Pew science. Do you follow Pew science? I've heard of it. I don't follow it. I, I probably should but I don't. <laughs> He's an independent researcher that reviews suppressors and does his own research on suppressors and is a, he's some sort of engineer by trade. So when I say science, like when I read his articles, I have to read them like four times, take notes and look up yeah. what words mean. I both love and hate that, you know, cause yeah. it's like, I'm getting some good information here. Cause I don't know what most of these words mean. At the right. same time, you're like, man, I'm stupid. 
Yeah. And this ties into sound suppression. So people always ask like, how quiet are they? Um, we've kind of gone over how that's not important, but these are, these are hearing safe suppressors. Now that's going to vary depending on the gun, right? Everyone talks your, about your ammo. There's a lot of, there's some variables that really come into that barrel length to an extent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I still shoot with hearing protection on because I have phenomenal hearing and I want to preserve it. So oh, absolutely. Even shooting suppressed, I still shoot with ears on. Um, I, I wear them all day, every day when we're out shooting. Cause again, I have really good hearing and I want to keep it, keep it that way. But all these cans are hearing safe and Pew Science has his own independent research on, on what decibel ratings he believes are important. And he came up with his own metric on how to, how to measure that and what it means. I encourage everyone to go there and, and look at that yourself. Cause again, he's a third party independent researcher that does all cans and has very good things to say about CGS cans. Um, one thing people always say is on his 10-3 Mark 18 video, the CGS didn't perform very well. In, in the article, though, he says the can performed how it should for such a rifle of that barrel length. It did everything it should. Is it the quietest? No, but it did everything else very well. Point of impact shift. First round pop ignition, second round ignition, all that kind of stuff. The cans work really well. Um, if anyone that's listening to this, you know, I do traveling sales for CGS. If, if they have a shop that doesn't carry CGS and they want them there, reach out to me. Um, Instagram, Chris Blau. Uh, they can email me, DM me, whatever they want to do. And uh, we can get CGS products in there. So. Absolutely, man. And so cool. thank you, dude. This has been crazy informative. I yeah. feel like this is much more highbrow than like the discussion we would have had otherwise <laughs> over whatever we would end up talking about. <laughs> um, but this is, I mean, like for one, I'm su I was super interested to hear all this stuff because I am getting a can. I mean, yeah. fingers crossed like the next three weeks. I'm, I'm excited. I am. Yeah, I'm ready. It's cherry popping time, man. I am so excited. I like yeah. a virgin on prom night, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, I think a lot of people, they have the questions. Um, it is hard to some extent. A lot of people, we just did like what a two hour video. A lot of people want to do five minute YouTube unboxes or, or, uh -huh. or five minute YouTube, like, Oh, here's what it sounds like, which again, human ear and a camera mic, not exactly the same, all that stuff. So yeah, great, great information. Um, as well as really fascinating to just learn more about CGS. Cause it's not a company that I know much about. So, um, yeah. thank you certainly for, for taking the time and, uh, and we'll definitely be doing this again. Hopefully it doesn't take us five months to get, to get back together again, but, uh, Hey we'll, man, we'll be talking you, more uh, for sure. Yeah. You want to do a round two of this? Like, dude, next week is pretty open. Even tomorrow's like, dude, I love talking with you. I think you're hitting the nail on that. You know, I listened to the Orion training group podcast. Yeah. You did. yeah. And uh, I just got to credit you, man. Like you did phenomenal on that. You brought up a lot of very good points and I appreciated how, is it Jordan over there? Uh, Jared. Jared. Dang it. Yep. My bad. Jared was like, you know, in the beginning, he would see people do stuff on the internet and he'd get pissed off and be like, oh, you dumb motherfucker, you know? And then he realized, well, the dissemination of information is the lack. So instead of being the angry guy in the gun community, he's now trying to make a difference. Yep. This was the beginning of the podcast. In so many words, he kind of said that. And now he's educating people and training people. And dude, I like what they're putting out. It's awesome that you had him on because dude, he's like a pretty big name in company. Like you, oh yeah, they're they're doing very well considering. Um, I think he said they've only been in business for about two years ish, not even. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so just want to credit you on that. You did great. You asked all the right questions, and uh, oh, thanks. 
the CQB thing, one last little tidbit is like, I also like how he mentioned the barrier to get to CQB in your training evolution is not something you do the first day, you know, like it really isn't. I have trained with every name out there. Travis Haley, Doyle, Chris Costa, Aaron Cowan, a couple seals, a bunch of green berets, Johnny Primo, uh, you name it. And I just barely got to where I feel comfortable enough doing some CQB stuff. And I've been shooting at a decently high level for like, you know, a decade or so. And um, I recently went to this little training event where they were teaching like first time gun owners, some CQB stuff. And I, I had to leave, dude, I couldn't do it. Cause whew, just to uh, spike in the anxiety to uh, uh, rack the nerves there. No, it's, it's not, it's not a, a, a beginner's. Um, I mean, I think it's something that beginners should be aware of, but yeah, it's definitely not the, Hey, I bought a gun day two. Uh, I learned how to load it day three CQB. Like you're not, yeah, it's not, that's not exactly it. Yeah. And I asked a special operations guy to come to my house and teach me how to clear it. A buddy of mine. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, in case someone breaks in and he's like, you don't have kids. Why don't you shut the door to your bedroom, post up somewhere safe, have your wife call 911. And if someone opens that door, handle it how it needs to be done. That's, that's my, that's my plan. Dude, and it blew, it blew my mind because I'm like, oh, I've always thought I'd had to clear my house and go to the threat. And he's like, why? He's like, you're by yourself. You don't have a team. You don't have kids. You don't got to go save anyone. Post up, barricade up, wait for yeah, cops. It's, as a civilian, it's the last option you want to you wanna look at. So yep. still something still, like still value. Yeah. But yeah. But just not, not, not like the, not the way people see it, you know, when you yeah. first think about it. So yeah. And that's thank a very... You. It, it was, uh, it was, uh, he's an awesome guy, great conversation. Yeah. And another one that in the next couple of months here, I'm going to try and get back on and, and talk more about that kind of stuff yeah. and hopefully get even deeper into it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get to the Instagram stuff with some of the questions, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to that next time. I'll save these questions that people had, um, from that post and we'll, we'll see if we can't answer them next time. Absolutely, man. Cool. Hey, Austin, you're the man, dude. Seriously you want to do this again next week or the week after that, like, let me know, man. I want to come on again. I'm happy to come on. Let's do it. All right, man. I will definitely be in touch. Cool. Hey, say hi to the wife for me. Thanks for letting me uh, steal you from her for a couple hours. And I appreciate your time. Likewise. Likewise. Stay safe, brother. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right. That was Chris Plow, 1911 syndicate. Now CGS suppressors, uh, just to be clear, Chris does still work with both. So if you guys are in the Utah, Arizona area, you have any real estate needs, actually, if you're outside the area and you have any real estate needs, um, reach out to, to Jake and Chris. They have a pretty big network. Uh, chances are they'll be able to at least get you in touch with somebody who can take good, good care of you. Um, <clears throat> and if you have questions about CGS suppressors, reach out to Chris on social media. Uh, very, very knowledgeable guy. Uh, more than willing to answer your questions. Um, we're going to be hooking back up with Chris either. I think we're going to do an Instagram live actually. Uh, now that we've kind of, we've done the podcast bit, we're going to do an Instagram live, uh, in the very, very near future here to address even more questions and, and talk about this. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I certainly did. I definitely learned some things too. Uh, and if you're in the market for a suppressor, Hey, um, maybe now that kind of helped, uh, point you in the direction of, of the team over at CGS and their great products, or, um, maybe direct thread versus QD. Uh, there's an awful lot that we talked about. So like I said, I, I do really hope that you guys enjoyed it. 
Um, this is the, you know, the kinds of quality conversations that, that really, that really drive me and, uh, make me love what I'm doing here with the prepared mindset. Uh, so until next time, everyone, you guys get out there, you stay safe. And like we always say here, work hard, train smart, and be prepared. Bye.